0: Hi, this is Dustin Fundheller, a worldwide traveler, and you're listening to the Mike Sappho
1: Podcast. Sit down, we'll have some beers. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> but you got to love that there's a soccer match on at 10.30 in the morning, and yet so people crazy, here are partying. Yeah. Well, I got you two beers. I know you wanted a New York site beer, so it's a Brooklyn mm-hmm. Summer Lager. Cheers, man. I appreciate that. 10.30 in the morning, you walk into the Jack Dempsey's Bar, have a Brooklyn beer. Yeah. What's going on, bud? Not too much. This is a
0: nice setup. I mean, the first time ever I've been into like a bar setting with an interview in school. Not bad, right? Yeah. My own yeah. private
1: floor. I feel like I'm a big shot. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said I am. So, right away, Dustin, how do you pronounce your last name? Is it Fun Teller? Yeah, exactly. Fun Teller. Um, listen, I hate to say this. It's weird. A fan of yours. You inspire me to travel and stuff, so that's actually really cool.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: You're back in the Big Apple. Have you ever been in New York before?
0: Of course. Many times. <laughs> many, many times.
1: Your first go-to meal here in New York City. You land, what's the first thing you want to eat?
0: Pizza, for sure.
1: You have a pizza spot or you go anywhere?
0: Um, Brooklyn has some really, I I don't even know. I just know there's, I don't even know the name. There's some really nice pizza places in Brooklyn.
1: When traveling, what food do you miss the most? When you come home, what's your go-to meal when you get home?
0: It's all the unhealthy stuff because you don't get that when you travel like i i miss the gas stations which <laughs> is not good because when i came back i gained some weight because um you know you, you you when most gas stations don't have donuts and doritos and every other thing you know ice cream and everything else so i just miss the snacks you get nice restaurants but you never get no place has the junk food that america has it's so funny you,
1: you get back and forget about craving the pizza and the hot dogs yeah. and stuff you missed a bad food because a lot of these places don't have the, sh- the shitty like pepperoni and stick in a yes. bag. I'm like, I miss this. You didn't even know you missed it until you have it. Exactly. And I
0: I don't eat it that much when I'm in the states, but just the fact that you never get it, you know, you go and I remember I was traveling with like some Spanish doctors to to volunteer, and all they did was eat healthy. It just
1: drove me nuts. <laughs> like it's like, hey, we're on vacation. Let's splurge yeah, a little bit. Yeah. All right, I want to do things a little differently because yeah. every. No interview, podcast, newspaper article written about you. It's just travel, 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 travel. Yeah. I want to get a little bit of the backstory to see who made you a traveler. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. I want to just do it a little different because I want to people travel for different reasons. There's people who do it for social media. If they're rich, you came from a completely different yeah, aspect of that and that changed your traveling. So I want to talk a little bit about that, right? Yeah, for sure. Small town USA boy? Yeah, very small,
0: 7,000. So. Seven,
1: where were you we from?
0: I mean, I'm not even a, a, a town. Well, it's a town. It's not a city. It's it's called Town of Washington. We don't have our own school, so we have to go to the city next door, which is Altoona, which is about eight thousand. Wait,
1: so Altoona is the big city?
0: That's the well, yeah. And we don't even say that because nobody knows it, so then we have to say Eau Claire. So we literally start with Eau Claire, and if they know there, then we can start narrowing <laughs> it down, but nobody ever knows my town. So. You go
1: smaller down the go ladder. Down the ladder, yeah. And this is Wisconsin, right? Yeah. You were yep. a sports guy? You were a Brewers fan? Badgers? Yeah, uh, def-
0: definitely. I mean, I was huge in the sports. I played sports, you know, in high school, did all three uh, varsity sports, and yeah, so obviously you're a Packers fan, you're a Badgers fan, of course, you know, that's of course. kind of what you grew up with, yeah.
1: And what, what about basketball baseball?
0: Uh, more basketball for sure. Bucks fan, but yeah, I guess we were more college basketball because you know you're because oh. Milwaukee's so far away. It, it sounds crazy, even though Green Bay's not that much less far. When everybody's a Green Bay fan, but uh, with with basketball because we're at the exact other side of the state where we're really close to Minnesota. So I think we're just more of uh, a Division One college sports because Madison's a lot closer. So we kind of focus on that.
1: This is gonna be our first riff because we're gonna talk about your college. I'm the biggest Kentucky fan in the world, Woo. so I hate where you went to college, <laughs> and I hate you just mentioned Wisconsin because you ruined my undefeated season. We'll get to that in a little bit. Where'd you go to college?
0: So I, it's kind of an interesting story. I ended up going to River Falls, um, which is <laughs> everything with small towns. So I, so,
1: I love the small town yeah. thing, but I heard, when I heard 7,000 population, I'm like, this is insane. That made people live in my building. So yeah,
0: <laughs> like yeah. So my where I went to school I'm trying to brainstorm someone's probably gonna check and say I'm wrong but it's like 20,000 people are in the city of where my college was that's how tiny it is like our college had the name uh joke name of Moo Yu okay because it had two farms and everybody goes there for agriculture but um no school like no big university wanted to offer me any I I had done quite well in, in high school but like no university like recruited me or did anything except this little tiny school next to where I grew up so I was like Hell, I'll go there if they're going to offer me a scholarship. So they offered you
1: a sports scholarship or no, academic, a- academic okay.
0: scholarship, and so I ended up going to the school that nobody heard of. That it, it is a public school that you, you just wouldn't think you would go to. And yeah, I ended up doing pretty well there. So yeah, what I was the mascot?
1: To,
0: I think it was a falcon. A falcon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you go there to college, and then because now you stay in small town USA, and yeah. most people stay in the small town. Yeah. You you go to Florida for grad school.
0: Yeah, that was kind of crazy. That was, I mean, I I don't plan things. You'll see this in my travels. I kind of like to go free will and do things on my own and not be overly prepared. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it probably pays better to be a little bit more overly prepared. But that would be exactly with dental school. Um, I decided I wanted to go to dental school at like the last minute. And I always thought I wanted to be a normal physician doctor. And so I decided to go to dental school and nobody had taught me how to apply. I didn't think, you know, I found out later after all my classmates had applied to like 15 schools, that's how you're supposed to do it.
1: Whichever grabs you, grabs you. Yeah,
0: I applied to the school right next to where I was, which was uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. And then I was like, and then you just click, you literally pay sixty bucks for each school you apply for. They, you already have the same application just get sent. So you just got paid sixty bucks to click another school. And I was like, you know, Florida sounds really nice. I knew nothing. I didn't know it was the Gators. I just knew it said Florida in the name. And So you
1: think it's Sunshine State? Yeah, I'm gonna go. Because there's
0: also Nova, but Nova doesn't say Florida in the name. So I didn't think that one. I just picked Florida because <laughs> it had it in the name. I knew nothing about the school and I clicked it. And then sent it, and they were the first to ask me for an interview, and I still knew nothing about it until I told my dad, and my dad's like, they just won the national championship in football. I was like, it was that team? I I had no idea. Was that the Tim Tebow team? Tim Tebow team, Was it really? Yeah, so, and I literally went there a week after they had just won the national championship, which... I know that's not how you should pick a school, but I'm a male of course young, it's pretty. I had gone to a school that literally my previous school had five thousand kids we had, I'd never been to a Division one game in my entire life um and then and I guess I had a nice resume that the, like when I came, the school knew who I was, and they took one they had one of the kids take me around and try to recruit me, and he probably did the smartest thing he ever you could ever recruit. He wasn't like, Oh, the school's amazing, oh, it has the best academics no he's like look, it's January right now, and look what the, the, the ladies are of wearing. Of course. Right? He's like, look at this. All the girls are wearing, like...
1: <laughs> but Dustin, you're right. all year round? It's not being, like, chauvinistic yeah. or anything. You're the best basketball player in the country. You can go anywhere. Now, I'm a Kentucky fan, yeah. but if you go out to like US, UCLA, USC, or down to Florida, or to Hawaii, how aren't you going there? February 18th, it's snowing up in New York. Exactly, exactly. shitty weather everywhere, and then you have girls in bikinis walking around. It's exactly. a selling point. So now you're like, I need to be a dentist here in Florida, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he helped sell me. I mean, it, was, I mean, it wasn't just that. Obviously, the, the, the sports team had just won. The basketball team, one or two years back, had won the national mm-hmm. title. Um, and it just, it was a really nice campus too, but obviously it was more for the other things than really investigating about the program. But it turned out to be a, a wonderful, you know, dental program, but yeah. So, so it's like, you,
1: you said know. last minute dentistry, it wasn't like, Hey, five years old, I want to be a dentist. It was in college. I need a profession.
0: Yeah. It's kind of, you, you gotta get, kinda get, kind of get into the backstory. Um, So, I don't mean to go too much over it, but basically... No, I I want to hear it. Okay, okay. So, so I didn't do so well when I was younger. So, basically, I was diagnosed with kind of like a learning disability when I was younger. I couldn't read very well at all. And so, I actually ended up failing first grade. And the reason this is important because it affects everything else. I could never read very fast and I could never speak very well, which is weird that I'm doing this podcast and speaking. So, and you might even recognize that in this podcast, there might be times where I just, the word just doesn't come to me. And so that's something that's affected me my entire life. And so I ended up doing really well and working really hard to overcome it. But when I was, I thought I wanted to be a medical doctor, but if you know anything about the MCAT exam, it's all reading. So I knew if I took this exam because I was not a fast reader at all, I actually really struggled at that, that I would have a really difficult time and I wanted to be a doctor. And so I saw the DAT, which is the dental, it's the same as the MCAT, but mm-hmm. for dentistry. And that has mostly math and science and only has one section of reading, unlike the MCAT, which it's two thirds reading. And so I was like, okay, I can suck at the reading section, but if I do well enough on everything else, it will, I'll overcome it. And because the reading section in DAT, I think is one sixth or one seventh of your score. And that's exactly what happened. So I, you
1: did the math to become a dentist. That's yeah, kind of yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so
0: what happened is I dominated every section. like, And then I did really bad on the reading. But because it's only one-seventh of your score, my score was still really good. So, yeah, that's That's I incredible. Dentistry.
1: Now, let's backtrack a little bit. Now, yeah. you're in Florida doing the dentist stuff. Growing up, parents, because we're going to get into yeah. your traveling, which is how I know you yeah, and no how problem. you're known. Parents, hippies, adventurers, travelers, corporate America. What kind of uh, parents' childhood do you have?
0: The normal one. The sound's yeah.
1: the worst. So they're not not corporate. They were both teachers. Mm-hmm. Um so So blue collar workers, just normal middle class yeah. America.
0: Like, for example, I one time traveled outside the US. I went when I was ten years old to China. Oh, wow. wow.
1: That's a that's a big That that's was a big, a big, big change. Hit.
0: Yeah, that's a big and, and but this is how big of a deal it was, right? Like where we went, nobody left the US. So when I came back, I gave presentations for like every class. Yeah. Because nobody had you know, n- nobody had traveled outside of the country. Now, granted, too, traveling wasn't as popular back then, right? Because- How
1: did China come about? You're a 10-year-old kid in Wisconsin. How'd- so there was
0: a promotion for a $1,000, round trip, five-star hotel, food. But you had to go in the winter because, of course, nobody's going to China as a tourist in the winter when there's snow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my parents signed up, and they weren't going to take me, and I convinced them to take me. Because I have a younger brother and sister who both didn't go because they were quite, you know, at seven and four there's probably not much of a point. They won't remember it. So, But I ended up going, and I remember it was really, really cool. But that was the only time that we really traveled outside of the U.S. We did take a few road trips, but mostly we did stuff in Wisconsin.
1: Going to China the first time as a kid, because I remember the first time I've ever traveled. You know, I grew up pretty poor. Yeah. The first time I ever traveled was to Mexico for, like, junior in high school. And I went down there, and it's to sound so dumb, especially now all the traveling I've done. I'm like, they have, like, Kit Kats in different um It's different letters on it. Oh, my God. They're really saying – it was a weird thing for me. What hit you the most when you got to – because the currency hit me most. I I had different currency from – you know, you had pesos. I'm like, there's different money. I knew there was, and it sounded ignorant, but I'm like, you never felt it. So when you went to China, what was the first thing that hit you culturally? It was just so different. And now you go go to China, and it's like
0: not as crazy different as it was back then. Back then, I mean, there were bicycles, right? They had – you literally – every single person that had a bicycle there was almost no cars and it was just just hordes of bicycles and that was crazy or i remember them like having barber shops and dentistry like on the streets <laughs> right you would just we'd be walking back by and you'd be like holy crap the guys like taking out his tooth like it was it was just in in i don't know it was it was everything that it was just like you literally. It was going to like a different universe back then, and with our world developing and trade and everything, things are becoming more standardized. Where everybody's kind of developing more like a Western world, but like back then, holy crap, it was it was incredible.
1: When you go to China, did you get the bug there? You're like, I need to do this big time, or well, not really? No, not at all. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> I, oh, cool trip. It
0: was a cool trip, you know. Um, yeah, so. It, it wasn't until I, so the whole reason I got the bug was, again, for me, it was just crazy different than a lot of people. A lot of people have parents that take them traveling and stuff. Me, it was always, like, rejections or whatever. So for for college, it's a crazy story. now I was looking t- into it recently to try to figure out my own life story that my freshman year, I was in student government because I was always trying to, like, be aggressive and hardworking. And I'm sorry, this is in Florida? Or oh, is this, this is in, sorry, I should clarify, in, in River Falls. So this the is Falcons. The Falcons. Again, yes. I went to the school because it was a tiny school that offered me a scholarship, and that's the whole reason I went there. Um, and, <laughs> be, and again, this all kind of correlates to from when I was younger, because when I was younger, I struggled, so I learned I had to work really, really, really hard to be equal to everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I just always maintained that. And so when I was in River Falls, I was, again, doing the things, getting involved in everything, and I was involved in student government. And I was just so annoyed that they were just doing a normal job. Because to me, normal isn't what you should be doing. You should be doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And they were just, you know, just it just sounds like our government, um, where they were just happy passing bills and just doing the same thing. Any, I I figured like anybody else could have been elected, they would have done the same thing. They're, they're not making a difference. They're not challenging the status quo. They're just they're just passing bills. Just a wheel going around, nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so as a freshman, I decided to run for, well, I figured the only way to change it, if I'm a senator, I can't change it. There's only one way you can change this, this mess, right? What's the way? Become president.
1: Be the change. Be
0: the change, right? So I ran for president, something that no sophomore or freshman had ever done, and I was a freshman running. I pissed off everybody because, of course, student government's happy with the wheel changing. They don't want things to be done differently. And the craziest part is I got people to vote that had never voted, like seniors, that had never voted ever voted for the first time, and the whole point is I ended up winning the election. Wait, wait, hold, I got to pause
1: you. What yeah. was your selling point? Because now you're, you're a freshman in this school, yeah. small town. How do you, like, okay, kid from close to Altoona, how do you I mean, sell these kids?
0: Oh, I just thought of everything that, that needed improvement. Like, like in the, the residence halls, the toilet paper was so, like, rough. Like, oh. it would, like, give you scars, and so I was, the, you know, I'm like, we're going to get you softer toilet paper, and, you know, so... <laughs> You know, I mean, I just thought of what is affecting them. You went to the heart. Yeah, of course. Went went to the heart, you know, (laughs) toilet paper is really important. I mean, one of the things that bothered me the most was that they just passed. Okay, so my campus is small and very, very affordable. So it's a lot of first generation, which means your parents didn't go to college. Your grandparents never went to college. You're the first one to ever go to college. And you come from a low-income family. Mm -hmm. Well, every year they just allow the food and housing to increase at a certain percentage, like fifteen ten to fifteen percent people
1: can't afford that sometimes yeah,
0: I was pissed. I was like if you're going to increase the charges, there should be an increase in benefits that we get. there should be something that improved you can't give us the exact same building, the exact same food, and then charge us ten to fifteen percent more every single year and I was the only one that ever you know, challenged it. It would always just get voted. Nobody would even look at it on student government. And so it was those types of things. I, you know, I was just like, and so those are the things I pushed. Um, and yeah, the, the crazy part is that I ended up winning. <laughs> what? Uh, and, and that's where the, if you want to know why there is corruption in Africa, in the US, anywhere else, just look at what happened to me. I ended up winning the election and they were able to overturn it with a two thirds Senate vote. So they could. So
1: the election meant nothing.
0: Exactly. So even though there's 5000 kids on campus that voted now, granted, not all of them voted, but, you know, it was one of the highest turn turnouts of ever for student body elections. The student government said, we don't care what they think. We're going to vote it ourselves. And they said, like, I had violated rules, which you should look at the things they said, like, I had damaged one of the buildings because I wrote with chalk on a stair. I mean, it's the most ridiculous things ever or that my sign was too big. So basically, they just didn't want me to be president. And, of course, the people that voted – this is what somebody else pointed out to me. The people that voted against me all had, all had game in it, right? Sure. The future president voted against me. Of the course. future vice president voted against me. Everybody that he was going to delegate to have a position voted against me. So –
1: You were a clog in that perfect low ran system.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it got <clears throat> so bad because the, the government people also worked at the school paper. So the school paper – Did part, they slander
1: you? Holy
0: hey, come crap. Come on. <laughs> stuff. What did they say to you? I mean, you know, that he cheated, all this other stuff, and it was on the front page. I went back, and the reason is because... You, you were a freshman involved in a scandal. Yeah, yeah it was crazy, dude. Uh, my parents were so pissed when they they, they... they found out about it, like, two years later after it came out, because I tried to kind of hide it. and didn't really want to tell. It was really embarrassing, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, looking back, the craziest part about the article is probably, first of all, what they wrote, but more of my photo. Holy... G- <laughs> like, I have, like, long hair. I look like the... Oh, God, I should show you the photo. Um, it's the, cra- I'm like, I used to look like that. Um, but yeah, so they, and it was like, it wasn't just one article. It was, I mean, this was, I'm from a, a college of 5,000 people. There's nothing that happens, mm-hmm. right? So all of a sudden, they have something to write about. So it was on the front page of the paper in two different articles, taking up the entire front page. And the the crazy part is you knew it was biased because these, these two articles are completely, like, against me. And then the newspaper has an opinion article that's for me on, like, the eighth page. I'm like, okay. They had to hide that. Yeah, so you're going to hide the one that's for me and neutral and done by a bunch of people. But when it's one editor writing an article, you're going to put that on the front page. And one or two of the senators also had articles in this newspaper. And that's how I knew that there was this inside thing. So it was crazy.
1: Did this, like, kind of mess up your college uh – like experience, because now freshman, now you're liked by people, but you're kind of slandered. Now you didn't win the election. What happened now? Sophomore year, we still were you, still, so, were you so like an outcast.
0: That's what inspired the in, inspired the entire traveling thing. So what happens is because of this, I was like, I need to leave. I just got slandered in the newspaper. Everybody knows my name, and again, it sucks because there's only five thousand kids. So every single person, all the staff read it. It's not like the University of Florida where you know some people read the paper, but a lot don't. I mean, this is a small campus. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knew what happened. So I went to the international office, and I wanted, to, and I decided to do an exchange program. Uh, I wanted to study abroad. Every again, this is the end of the year, so everything's closed. I'm oh, sorry, end of freshman year. Or end of freshman year, okay. right? But they had an exchange program, which meant it, my campus was lucky. i just lucky going to this tiny school. I never expected this. I didn't go to the school because of this reason. But they had an exchange program where you can go to a different university. You pay your in-state fees, and you still get your scholarships that you're going to get, but you get a study at a different university. Incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. Now, every school was basically closed except Rhode Island College which uh, I guess they, cause they ended up only having like five kids that year. So I went to Rhode Island College. I knew nothing about it. They just still were, had an opening. I was like, in, in the state of Rhode Island? In the Rhode Island. Okay. And, and they have a much bigger – gosh, I, I forget the name. Um, they have a much bigger one in province, but this is their smaller one, which was perfect. It was about the same size as my college. And I just went there and did an exchange program, and mainly because of this whole situation. But the big point is that – that's when I started to fall in love with traveling. I went there; it was incredible. I made new friends. I had like a whole new life. And then I came back my my spring semester to my home campus in River Falls, and I went next year. I'm doing this serious. I'm going to take this ahead of time and um, make this. And so, oh, so when I went my end of my freshman year, I had been ta- told about this Taiwan program, and which had already closed by the time, but I was like, that would, that would be incredible. So Taiwan was a scholarship program where you went to teach English, and you got free tuition, free room, and they gave you $500 a month. And so the next year, I was on that. And so my junior year, I went there, and then I went to Hawaii. Oh,
1: that's incredible.
0: So, yeah, so all because of me losing this election with a bunch of co- uh, corrupt senators who were in their 20s, right? Yeah, <laughs> I changed my entire life. So I really want to send them a thank you letter one of these days. No,
1: I'm glad you set up that backstory and I hope that's not what you didn't want to talk about because I wanted to hear about the backstory. Exactly. I I always wonder why people travel. So now you have that awesome backstory. So now you go to Rhode Island, Taiwan, Hawaii, Florida. So you're not thrown into like the the gauntlet yet because you kind of went out a little bit. Exactly. You're in Florida. You're going to become a dentist. Yep. Now you graduate. I know this part. This is spoiler alert. What made you go to Singapore when you graduated to become a dentist? Again, it was because I went to Taiwan, and I
0: just Taiwan was the best semester of my life when I was in college. It was incredible, and I loved, it sounds weird, but I love being different. You know, Mm -hmm. unfortunately in our society, a lot of people want to spend time with people that are similar to them, similar backgrounds, but when you do that, you don't get the special attention. When you're the only one that's different, you get, for better or worse, you get a lot more attention, and so I, I love that. I love being special and different. I love that everybody knew who I was when I was in Taiwan, and so... When I, yeah, so that was the thing is I went to Taiwan, had such an incredible time that when I, I, if I wouldn't have gotten to dental school, I would have went and taught English or done something overseas, but I got into dental <laughs> school right away. And so I always wanted to, I really, really wanted to. And so once I graduated from dental school, I just looked where in the world I could work.
1: And how'd Singapore pop up? Because that's, a, you know, I've been there a few times, small yeah. little country. How'd Singapore as a dentist?
0: Well, actually, I, I, I'm crazy and you'll see this throughout my travels. um I... Look for anywhere, everywhere. I contacted every country, like, tried to figure out where I could work. I mean, I contacted Europe. I contacted Australia. I looked at New Zealand. So basically, I'm a dentist, and things get very political when it comes to dentistry. We don't allow any dentist to work in America, and so most countries have the same rule for us. So I can't go work in the U.K. because they won't recognize my dental license. They'll make me go to U.K. dental school. Sure. And so there was very – once you figure that out and narrow down the countries I could actually work – you know, like for most of South America or the Caribbean, I could work, but like the salaries are quite, quite low and you have huge loans from American dental school. So mm-hmm. then you got to factor those ones out. And so you go, where can I make a decent salary uh, but Still work overseas? Still paying off the loans. Still paying off the loans. And it basically came down to three countries, New Zealand, okay. um, Singapore, or, or like Shanghai in a foreigner clinic there.
1: So you, you did the China thing already. Yeah, exactly. And now you're thinking Singapore, New Zealand, Singapore, rich country, completely different, intriguing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I I mean, I looked at where New Zealand was on the map, and I went,
1: yeah, I don't care how
0: great New Zealand is, it's four hours just to get to Australia. You're not flying to any place in New Zealand. You are stuck there. Like, traveling's basically not going to happen, and I looked at where Singapore was, and when I went and interviewed in Singapore, the one guy had just, like, one of the dentists they introduced me to, he's like, yeah, I just came back from Vietnam. I went for three days, and I was like, you can take three-day weekends? He's like, in two weeks, I'm going to Thailand, and I was like all right and and that's what's so amazing about singapore because it's like a hub it's a hub and these and what's so cool cool about asia where it's not so much say i would say in like europe is when you go to different countries in in asia they you one hour two hour plane flight and it's a whole different culture they don't even look the same
1: it sounds silly it's a different world you're in bangkok you fly an hour to Laos, and you're like where am i
0: yeah it's a whereas like you go from Wisconsin to Minnesota it's like you don't even know or the even border. Europe you're gonna go yeah. from like
1: London to Germany it's like okay still it's pretty similar exactly and that's what
0: I love I mean you go from the Philippines they don't look anything like Vietnam no and it's like two hour flight you know
1: so how about when you go like from Bangkok to Bhutan you're like exactly, you? exactly wait a minute this is a three-hour flight and we're yeah or indonesia
0: i mean that's why i just loved
1: it is the fact that
0: in singapore and that's how it started at the beginning when i first went there i just took little trips to all around it and it was just incredible that it's so close yet so different
1: so now you're in a i'll do a long-winded question so you can drink your brooklyn ale sounds good thank you (laughs) so now you're in singapore you become a dentist there how's the process is it a long process to become a dentist there or right away and let me let me two part of you With the Singaporean people, like, I don't know if I want a white dude doing my teeth. Yeah, so,
0: okay, two two parts to the question. So, first off, so, I think I did a good job with picking my first company. I picked the largest company in Singapore. They had, like, 50 dental clinics. And Singapore doesn't get enough – they don't train enough dentists. So, they do need to take dentists from outside of Singapore. And – this company, because they're so big, they're gosh. Politics is involved with everything. As, as politics, let me let me get this yeah. Dustin.
1: Do you hate politics? Yeah, I love you because yeah. I can <laughs> see right away. Like these, and you're not like I'm anti this. I'm not this. You're yeah. like. From high school all the way up, there's politics everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. It just drives me nuts. So let's talk about Singapore politics. So basically, (laughs) because it's a large company, they have a guy that works on a board for the Singapore Dental uh, Council, which is the the board of dentistry, which determines who gets a license. So the whole point of this is they know the system inside and out, how to get foreigners' dental license, which is really, really nice. So they had, because they were so big, they had a person that's their full-time job which just made it super easy because I just contact her and say what do I need da, da 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 and they even gave me the timeline they knew everything so literally they're like you come in you get blood work you do this you do that and then it's going to be 3 weeks so what does that mean for me 3 weeks of traveling and then you and they're like okay then you have to come sign a few more things do a few more tests and then it's going to be like a week and a half
1: another week and, and have a travel
0: exactly i planned everything and that's exactly what i did so i came and the first time i had 3 weeks i went to new zealand and australia And then the next time, I think I went to Laos. And so, yeah. And then I had started my traveling even before I officially had started working in Singapore.
1: And it wasn't like, okay, let me start doing these country things. You're like, oh, this place is new and this place is cheap. Let me fly out there.
0: Exactly. I mean, well, I figured if I'm going to be all the way in Australia is a perfect example. Now, it's not as bad as it used to be. It used to be like $2,000 round trip to get to Australia, right? Mm -hmm. From Singapore, they have budget airlines. It's like 300 round trip. So I, it's just a no-brainer. I'm like, if I'm gonna be in Singapore and I can get there for three hundred versus paying two thousand in the future, um, I need to go now. And the, oh, the other big thing I haven't told you is I had a girlfriend at the time, and so the America whole, Singapore in America. And so this is the, she hates you. No, she actually <laughs> she, she well she said she supported me because she knew I loved traveling, and I knew I could see my future. You know the. The typical American future mm-hmm. where you settle down, white picket fence, da 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 da. The two
1: vacations a year, yeah. one to the you know the Caribbean, one to exactly. Paris, yeah,
0: exactly. So I saw my life being like that, especially because she, she was like an engineering going into your typical eight to five job, but she still had six months until she graduated. And because obviously Gainesville is saturated with dentists, they have a dental school, the only place I could find a nice job was about two to three hours away. And I was like, well, I could go two to three hours away, which I'm still not in the same city as you, or I could go and have this wonderful adventure on the other side of the world. And so to me, it seemed very logical because my whole life was going to be the two vacations a year. So that's why when I went to Singapore, I just traveled like crazy because I thought I had six months there. I thought six months. You had an
1: expiration date.
0: I had an expiration date. So that's what pushed me to travel and, and like take more vacations than probably anybody ever that, that started working there is because I thought I only had six months.
1: And how about being a white dude in Singapore, American guy, you don't speak any other language out there at the time. I'm not sure if you do. Uh, and you're out there. Do they trust you? Like, okay, I'll go to this dentist.
0: So, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Everybody, a lot of people stereotype, well, a lot of people stereotype about a lot of things. But a lot of people stereotype that because I'm American and I'm white, that being there, I'm going to get a lot of people that want to come to me because I'm an American dentist. That is not correct at all. I had an uphill battle. I was discriminated against, if anything, not that they thought I would be a bad dentist because I didn't speak Chinese. And most people speak Chinese as their primary language. I mean, just think about yourself. If you're going to a dentist, do you want to go to a dentist that can't speak to you? Of course. You know, you want to go to a dentist that speaks your language. So all the time, like my job would have to... I would have to get such a good reputation that i 'd have to have other people vouch for me that couldn 't speak English that would tell in Chinese tell their family and friends go to this white trust,
1: trust this white dude yeah
0: and it 's called ungmo, which is a, uh, the Singaporean t- term for a white mm-hmm. white person they would you know and, and they, of course they don 't mean to be racist or anything they would say go to the white dentist right yeah. because and where I worked, that was another thing is a lot of foreigners that would work there would work in the hbD which like the, they would work in the rich area or the like downtown bit area where there's the tall buildings i worked in the we call it the heartlands where the typical where you don't see foreigners ever and so that's what was kind of crazy is i was trying to become a dentist in the area where it was very very local like in my building my entire life i lived in the building where i was the only caucasian Mm -hmm. um in the area i lived like, it was always a, a big deal if I saw another Caucasian, right? And I, if I would be with friends.
1: You make, hey, yeah. what are you doing here, my but, friend?
0: It's my friends would point him out. They'd be like, hey, and they'd be like, hey, is he your friend? And I'm like, no, just because he's white doesn't mean he's my friend.
1: So, <laughs> I have to cut you off that. I, I was just in uh, in Kuwait, okay? Yeah. I, so, I'm in Kuwait. I go there alone. And yeah. I swear I check in. And the girl goes to me, do you know uh, that family? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, who? Because I thought maybe you know, I was wearing a Yankee hat. Yeah, or something. And it was just some, I'm like, no. It goes, oh, because... They're from America. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know them. But they just it's flat out thought, not, yeah. there's a white dude. Hey, do you know that white family? Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I feel that there's three kinds of travelers. There's one that just do the, hey, I'm going to go to an, – and I'm not knocking yeah. any of them. Because yeah, exactly, I think the exactly. life that you and I live is pretty weird. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's like, hey, let's go to the DR, yeah. which is awesome. You, yep. you travel. You go to the beach all the time. Then the, the other travel, let's go to Europe and stuff, yep. which is still awesome. And then there's a the weird traveler, I think, like us who like we go to Thailand, Vietnam – Yep. Malaysia, that's not enough. Now let's go to the stand. Let's go to uh, Uzbekistan and Pakistan. And you're like, okay, I've never been to Iraq. Oh my god, let me let me go to. Okay, everyone goes to South Africa and Egypt. I want to go to Sudan. What change if you? Well, there's a moment that change it because there's people I know like, oh, let's travel, dude. I love Rome. Oh my god, Rome's awesome. Do you want to go with me to Andorra? What? Like, yeah, exactly. What changed it for you to go to these, and I hate to say this, I'm never yeah, describing yeah. weird countries?
0: I, no, I mean, you can call it weird countries. No, no. some of them are weird as hell. <laughs> no, my friends from these countries will be like, yeah, our country is weird. Weird, <laughs> weird as yeah, shit, yeah. Okay.
1: So, when did that change happen for you?
0: Well, again, everything in my story is kind of related to a different thing. This was because I had a girlfriend, right? So I was trying to be the sweet, romantic man I am, and she always, you know, she's like, Don't don't go to the Netherlands. I want to go to the Netherlands. Right. I mean, she wasn't mean. She's like, let's go to the Netherlands together. Let's go to the UK together. And so I'm like, well, if I go to Kazakhstan, will you care? She's like, I don't know where that is. So that was the point is I went to places that I had to go to these weird countries because she wouldn't get jealous. She wouldn't be upset that I was going without her because she didn't even know where they were on the map.
1: Can I tell you why? I think we just became best friends. And I mean this. My girl, she yeah. travels obsessively. We just got married two and a half months ago. Oh, wow, <clears> congratulations. She's a, she's a big traveler too. So I go to weird places yeah. and I said to her, so I print, I go to the UN.com, Yeah, I print up 193 countries. I'm yep. like, do me a favor, rank these for me. And you can be proud of me, Dustin. Yeah. Zero, you'll never go there. Yep. So she, for her, like Iraq and Pakistan, zeros. One, you have no interest in going. Yeah. But eh. two, you want to go. I can go without you, but I have to come back. And three... I can't go there without you. So for her, like New Zealand, Australia is a three. I'm never allowed to go there. But I'm, I look on the list. I'm like, oh, there's a sale. Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, zero, zero, zero. And I go there. So we're very similar that way. And
0: that's exactly what I did. The the Kuwait, Oman. I did the, the Gulf countries yeah, yes, you know, yes. with, with my girlfriend. I just did sure that, exactly. yeah. <laughs> that just reminds me. Like, like that was – tr- again, I literally was going – I was going to all the places – that I didn't even know about and that she had no idea about. Because we were and being
1: good boyfriends. We were being really good
0: boyfriends. I- and, and yet I went to these places, I wasn't expecting anything, and they just blew me away with how incredible they were. And so that's why that's what kind of got the bug, that I'm like, dang, these, these countries that nobody goes. And, again, it was because a lot of times because I was different. I mean, Kazakhstan, I'll never forget. Like, no, everybody kept asking me, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And it was before I'd ever gone to a bunch of countries. This is one of my first countries, and I was like, huh. Ah, saw you on the map <laughs> Why yeah. did they and they were just what they were just going crazy i'll
1: go full i don't know if this is america yeah. stuff yeah. this might be totally yeah. new york i was in kuwait and i'm sitting there at like a little outside restaurant and these three dudes come over and like oh are you here alone now i was there alone i'm like no nah, i'm here with like seven friends are at the hotel because now i think these dudes are gonna rob me because yeah, i'm probably. completely new york centric yeah. like these dudes are think oh that's need-. new york yeah yeah and the guy's are like oh okay when your friends come do you guys want to come out with us i'm like oh we have plans because i'm like these guys are trying to rob me. And later on, these two dudes are like, hey, are you here alone? I'm like, no, I'm with 10 other guys who are huge bodybuilders from New York. And they're like, oh, well, have everyone – all they want to do is hang out. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're then, like, if you're alone, please come with us. If not, bring your friends. And it blows your mind. Because if that happened in New York, you'd be taken to like a crack house, robbed. And
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess I got lucky because I wasn't born in, in New York because I'm from mm-hmm. Wisconsin where people are like that. And so, yeah, that happened to me all the time. To- all the time, like – It happened in the Gulf, it happened in Central Asia, all the time, when you travel solo, you all the time you get invited to houses. And that's why I always tell people to travel solo because when you're with somebody, especially if you're with a couple, everyone thinks you're in your own little world, but when you're walking on the street, you can even just be going to the bars, mm-hmm. and you, I don't mean to get hit on by guys, but like, like, you'll have like Lithuania, I was walking there, and I remember the guy, it was a basketball team of, of Lithuanian guys that spoke English, and they're like, are you, tra- are you solo? And I was like, yeah, kind of, they're like, come join us. And the whole night, I go with them. So like, yeah, when you travel solo, all the time, I got adopted by families, I got invited mm-hmm. all all over, basically well, every country. The truth,
1: Dustin, let's be honest, me and you were sitting here at a bar, if there's a couple sitting right over there, you and I aren't going to approach them. If exactly. there's a dude, Like, dude, come sit with us. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so it's the same kind of thing. When did this expiration date stop for you now? Because now you're there six months. You got to travel like a madman because you have an expiration date to come back to the girl now in Florida down in Gainesville.
0: Yeah. So after six – well, it was getting to like, say, four months. She realizes she's not going to graduate in six months. So it's now going to be a year. So that was <laughs> – it sounds really bad. Like part of it's a blessing. Part of it's sad. You're like kind of sad because you're like, well, that part, you know, you miss her and you don't get to like be, be where you get to see her every day. But on the other hand, I was like, OK, I get six more months to
1: to go travel. And Not, so- now the bug got you.
0: Yeah. And so I had six more months. So now I could kind of expand the circle. And so so like the first six months was all around like it was the it was the, you know, Laos and Thailand and Vietnam and all the places nearby Singapore. And then when I had six more months, I started to go, like I said, to the Gulf and I got, went to Central Asia. And I remember going to Africa, um, South Africa, and I was like, oh, gosh, this is an amazing world. And so, yeah. And then it's kind of a, a sad story, I guess. Um, I come back after a year to help her move to her her new place, and at that time she kind of informs me she had found a different guy and yeah, so that was that was kind of crazy like it was a time in my life because I literally had planned as I told you right like after a year, I was going to move where she was going to go, and she actually came to all crazy places to New York is where she went to Long Island okay. is where I had to move her to that 's why um, <laughs> I'd been to New York. And I still, even though she broke up with me, I guess I, I don't know, maybe I'm a crazy guy. I still moved her right, like like she tells me she's she's. That's Wisconsin up. shit right there, bro. I'm telling yeah, you. I, I I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, yeah, that was, that's a bad job. She breaks video. up with me, and I drive her all the way from Florida oh to God. New
1: York, move her stuff in. I met yeah. at you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what are you doing? You, that you know what that is though. That's Minnesota nice. Yeah, that's Wisconsin stuff. Because in New York, like oh, I'll drive you there. And you drive into a cliff. Like, now I crush both <laughs> Yeah.
0: I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, it was – I love that
1: you're pondering this. I wish people yeah. could watch this. You just looked away like the yeah. exposed brick wall here Jack yeah. Dempsey's and you're like, why did I do that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but <laughs> anyway, don't judge me. I'm, I'm a nice guy. Too nice sometimes, I guess. And so I drove her all the way here and that was the biggest turning point of this entire story because I didn't know what to do. My entire life, everything planned, the white picket fence was – burnt on fire and shattered destroyed. it's shattered. graffiti now the whole white yeah yeah and so i knew nothing what to do the only thing i knew was that i really loved traveling and i decided yeah i decided to go back to singapore i really didn't like my it was it was just a mess my job i was not really liking or anything and so i ended up looking for different jobs found a really great job and that was even more flexible with traveling and well and let me, let me
1: i want to say this too and hopefully i yeah. set up with you like 30 something minutes hopefully yeah. i set up your whole background i hope there you go. there we go it a little different wasn't yeah. it yeah yeah it
0: was great it was great
1: you're in singapore you're working and that's very important that you're not like oh, yeah, taking off true. a month at a time or three weeks well i don't know if you took a you didn't take a six Never. month sabbatical you're working so you're being a dentist for you know whatever and then you have three days boom let me bank it let me yeah. shoot the thailand you're dead, just boom, let me shoot the Ho Chi Minh City. So you're doing your thing, still traveling. Yeah. And that's really important to point out. Um, and I hope I, you know, encourage
0: other people that you can work full time and do this. But <coughs> it was kind of insane. I mean, not everybody has to be as insane as me, but like I would take an overnight flight and get back. Like I would, and because of the time zone difference, like Singapore's ahead of time of most places. So I would be flying, say, from Europe back to Singapore, and I'd leave, say, at, say, 10 p.m., it would be say, a five-hour flight, and I'd get back to Singapore at, say, 9 a.m., and I'd go straight to work for 12 hours, right? Like, I wouldn't have even basically slept. I'd slept, like, two hours. I was insane what I did. And then when I'd leave Singapore, I'd literally work until, say, 8 p.m. at night, go take a flight that leaves at, like, say, 10. And so that's what I had to do all the freaking time, to because... I never wanted to waste a day. I wanted if I always took the worst flights. But the also thing is they're the cheapest, right? The red eye flights are the cheapest. And let's be honest, so. they have
1: a lot of empty seats. So many times I'll work um my days off yeah. were Sunday and Monday. Yeah. So I would ask work if I take off Saturday. Yep. And they give me and Friday night I'd fly to Columbia. Yep. And I'd do Columbia like, you know, um I'm sorry, Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, land Monday morning right to work. Yep. What'd you do this weekend? Oh i like I went to Columbia. What? You're crazy. You just. I'm like, yeah, but my weekend was in Colombia, in Bogota.
0: Yeah, exactly. In Cartagena, and,
1: and you, you not, and I don't knock anyone. I'm saying that's why I like doing. I like being weird, and you can maximize these small windows of work it, time. It's
0: amazing what you can maximize. Yeah, people. It's just the concept, you know. People don't think a lot if they drive. Like you can drive three hours, and okay, that's thing. But you could take a flight that also takes about the same amount of time, and you're in a whole different world. People just have this concept of flying you can't do in a weekend, but you can you know you can drive to your family or whatever which is four hours away
1: the number 193 that's i know you have different numbers everyone the number 193 and we'll explain what it means i want you to explain it when did it come into your mind and when did it become like i need to do what does 193 mean to you and when did that uh come into play in your life
0: wow that's a that's a crazy (laughs) again everybody is different but i don't think anybody has my story Mm -hmm. um
1: which is why I was so intrigued to have you on.
0: Yeah, so so I was, I was traveling. By the
1: way, if you hear that screaming, oh, yeah. it's eleven o'clock in the morning at Jack Dempsey's bar, and Celtic is playing their first game of the year. They're winning seven nothing. It's seven nil, and they're still going crazy, upstairs. Is that awesome?
0: <laughs> that it's, it's incredible. That
1: <laughs> okay, so one ninety three.
0: So yeah, so basically, I I was just doing my thing, and I had forgotten about what I think it was Chinese New Year. I. I don't quote me, no, it wasn't Chinese New Year. It was some other holiday. There was some holiday in China where, or not China, sorry, in Singapore, that we didn't have work. And I had been traveling all over the world and, and I realized, oh, cray, I have like four days off and I didn't plan a vacation because my work, I was really upset at my work um, that they hadn't told me. And so I'm like looking at my map, like where can I go that I don't need a visa? Because at this point I had traveled most of the world. Uh, and again, it wasn't to, to visit every country. I just love going to different places, and I had seen that I'm like, oh, Israel. I haven't been there, and I don't need a visit, visa for Israel. It's like one of the only countries I've been to that mm-hmm. I don't need a visa. So I'm like, sweet. All right, I'm gonna go. Like, and, and it was like five days from now. I'm gonna go, and I booked the ticket. Well, I ended up going to Israel, and that's when my whole eyes opened. I realized that. Basically, they didn't believe anything I said. They didn't believe I was a the dentist. They didn't believe that, <laughs> which I, 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 I knew. I, I mean, I'm not an idiot. I, I knew that they kind of like investigated you, but I assumed they had common sense. So I brought my dental license, I brought my global entry card. Mm-hmm. I, it, and it's a thing if you don't know for Americans, so they can kind of basically skip immigration in America. And so I'm like, okay, they're, Israel and U.S. are great pals. So if I show them that America has interrogated me and, and investigated me and shows that I'm a really safe traveler, they'll believe that. And I'll show my dental license. I mean, like, uh, dentists aren't doing bad things. And so I go there, and they start drilling me, which I didn't understand. I give them my, my passport, which is over a hundred – it was a 90-page passport. They don't do those anymore. But it was 90 pages. It had about 130 country stamps in it. And they like played Where's Waldo, trying to find the Arabic ones, which I'm like, do you guys not have common sense? I also went, you know, they find the th- four countries they don't like, and mm-hmm. I'm like, what about the other 230 con- or, or sorry, the 130 other countries that are good? But the whole point of the story is they ended up deporting me and not letting me into the country because they, oh gosh, we have so many theories why they deported me.
1: But go to deporting. When you mean deporting, it was like, hey, you're here for how many hours were you in uh, Israel?
0: I was there. Well, I was there for like like sixteen.
1: Sitting in Israel airport.
0: No, no, no. I got a great tour of their country. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I sat in the airport for about three. Then they took me to their jail. I got to. It was my. Oh, really? Yeah. At least like it was my second time going to jail. This was my. Um, they had a bathroom. I remember that. That was the big thing is like everyone else says, you went to jail. I'm like, well, at least in this, because I'd been thrown in jail in Africa because, again, they didn't understand why I was in their country and they thought I was dangerous. And so and, and in Africa, there was no bathrooms. It was just a bucket. So like when I went to the Israel jail, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have a, a toilet. We have a toilet,
1: right? <laughs> best Best jail in the world. Yeah.
0: And they had all these and the problem is all my, and it was about like four of us in the jail cell. We all had like bunk beds. And they were all Russian or they, I don't know if they were from Russia, but they all spoke Russian and they loved to talk to me because they had, didn't have anyone that didn't speak Russian, but they loved to talk to me in Russian. And I was and again, because of my hardcore traveling, I just had not slept at all for like two days. So I'm like, you guys just let me sleep. And if I'm going to go to jail, I should at least just get some <laughs> sleep. Um, yeah, so, so I don't remember too much about the Israeli situation other than, they, they, yeah, they took me to jail. I had to have a medical exam done, they, and they gave me food, which was like the worst. God, it was so bad food. Um, and then they put me on a plane and, and sent me back.
1: You, you said theories. What theory do you have that why they went to the UN?
0: Well, we have the funny theories and the—, the Let's go
1: one funny, one serious.
0: We'll, we'll leave the funny one for later because okay. you have to, you'll, you'll understand later when we talk about different things. But I think – I mean I think realistically they just assumed that because I – so when I, when I traveled to places like Afghanistan, Syria, Iran, I made friends in those places. Like I'm – I can't believe that most people go to those places and do the Instagramming, which, or do the po- I, call, I call it postcarding. That's my term I used, and I don't, I don't think anyone else has used that. Where you go there and you take a photo that you would imagine on a postcard and stand in front of it, right? You don't go meet locals, you don't interact with the local people. You literally just go there to take photos and see the sites. And when I went to these places. I had already seen enough pretty beaches, I had seen enough churches, I had seen enough mosques. What I wanted to know was learn the culture. So in every single place I went to, all I did was hang out with local people and, and learn what their culture was like. And I didn't think that was so rare, but Israel pointed out that nobody does that, right? Like, most people don't do that. So they couldn't believe I knew people from Syria and Iran, and they thought... You know people from that country. You must be a terrorist. And so... I
1: think they misinterpreted you saying you know them as, like, those are my boys. Those are my yeah. brothers.
0: And, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget because in Iran, they asked me who I knew. And I I, I didn't... I don't mean to be disrespectful to the people I met. I would met so many people. I couldn't even remember, like, who they were. So, I just showed them. And it was on WhatsApp. And uh. I remember... I remember... I'll never forget because they saw it. And, like, I remember I'm like, I met this girl. And... She was gorgeous, and you could see her photo on WhatsApp. And I'm, and I'm, and you're
1: proud of it, like, dude, look at this chick. That's exactly
0: what I'm thinking. I'm like, the the immigration female. Do not see her photo. Like your Israeli guys would meet her too. Like I don't care where Mm -hmm. you're from. She was very attractive. Like, 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 are you blind? I don't care where she's from. Whatever. Anybody that's a male that is single would have is talking to this girl. Is talking to this girl. So like, why are you so upset at me? I'm just human. So. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. But the whole point of the story, and we can go back in a second to the Israel thing, was I realized at that time I need to get my stuff figured out. And I started doing research, and I started figuring out that, hey, I only have that, like, what, 15 more countries or 20 more countries I visited every single one. And it was at that time where I started putting the pieces together that I need to show them that – I've traveled to every country and things like that. And that's when I really was the turning point, like the wake-up call that, hey, what you're doing, not everybody does.
1: Because they say 193, that's the 193 yep. countries uh, recognized by the United Nations. Yep. That's like the ultimate travelers club. And I, you know what I like? And I I hate to say this is I kind of count countries. I, I think I'm in the mid-70s or low-80s. I, ne- I don't have a full list of countries. I love
0: that. I love that you don't count. It drives me nuts when people go, I've been to 68.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know what – I just know because I know how many countries there are. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I need to go to these countries yeah. eventually. Exactly. I'm not That's in a rush exactly what I was, to do there The truth, Dustin, a lot of times I travel is like, hey, there's a cheap flight here to blank. I'm going to go out there real quick. Yeah. Like, exactly. Panama is exactly 140 like The owner we were just talking to, I've never been to Ireland. Okay. And he's yeah. like, why haven't you been there? I go, the truth. And I said, no disrespect. One, I can go there anytime I want exactly. with anyone. Yep. If I meet, hey, buddy, want to shoot to Ireland for the weekend? They will. And I'm like, when I see a sale to uh beijing for 399 i'm jumping on that because i can go to vegas for 500 which i don't do i haven't been to every state because it's so much cheaper so 193 is the ultimate travelers club so now you're sitting home you're in singapore and you're like i need these 20 countries
0: yeah and well first of all (laughs) the thing that drove me nuts is i didn't know how many countries there are you keep saying 193 but like yeah,
1: people think 221. People yeah, think.
0: yeah, yeah. And so, what pissed me off. Or, can I use that word? Sorry. I'll, you can curse whatever oh, you want. Oh, okay, sorry. This is New York. You can curse okay, me okay, if you want. Okay, okay, okay. I'm from Wisconsin. We don't say those words. My parents are <laughs> going to freak out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, what drove me nuts, and uh, you've probably had other travelers. So I don't mean to be offensive to them, but I am just trying to be real. One of the
1: things I know what you're gonna say I can tell you, Dustin. I know what you're gonna say, and you want me to do it so you don't. No, I'll just
0: okay. It. I don't say. Okay, I want to say. It, so, say, say. So okay, you ask one traveler, and they say there's one ninety eight. You ask another traveler, there's one ninety seven. You you ask another traveler, they say there's two hundred. And you go, how do you all have different numbers? And they say, well, I believe in the one ninety three. Plus, I feel that these countries are countries. And that just upsets me because I'm like, so you are going to say you visited every country or trying to visit every country in the world, and you're just going to pick up your own list. You're just going to make up your own list of countries. That's not very official. And so that's the thing when, with the Israel thing. I was like, I need, and I wasn't, the reason I'm not a huge fan with the 193, everything again is related to my background. The first place I traveled to on my own was Taiwan.
1: Which is not part of 193.
0: Exactly. And I was very upset that Taiwan was not on this list. So whatever list I used, I need to have it be on a list that has Taiwan. And so, because they were my homeboys, they were the ones that got the spark. They're the ones that encouraged everything, Mm -hmm. you know, they were everything. They're the ones that caused me to travel the whole world. So I was gonna find the list with them on it. And so like the best I could find was, if, if. I'm not sure how much you're aware but like on the united nations list they have states so mm-hmm. when you say 193 these are member states but there's also observer states and there's also other states and taiwan is in other states so i said if there's going to be at any list that i use with united nations i'm at use at least using the entire list of states which is 206 mm-hmm. and i said I'm at least going to do all 206. That way I give my respect to my Taiwan. Of course, though. It makes and, sense, though. And so that's what I did. And then what I ended up finding out was I was like, and Lonely Planet just brought up. And the other one that really bothered me was Antarctica. Everybody tra- says they travel to 193, yet they don't visit every continent. I'm like, how can you visit every country but not every continent? I mean, maybe I'm from Wisconsin in just small town. I'm like, when I – I wanted to travel when. When I read that somebody travels to every country in the world, I I wanted to travel to what they think that person does, not with loopholes and other exceptions and different ways. I want to do what the average person, you ask the average person on the street, that you tell them someone traveled to every country in the world, what they think that means. And so when Lonely Planet brought out a book that had Antarctica and Greenland, which, again, me in Wisconsin thought Greenland was a country Mm -hmm. when I grew up and was a little kid. Uh, But I guess, you know, most people say it's a territory of Denmark. So Lonely Planet had a list of 221 countries with Antarctic and Greenland. I'm like, I'm doing the 206 from the United Nations, and I'm doing Lonely Planet's list, of 221. And then I also combined FIFA and Olympics, and that's why I got 236. But, like... Then I was happy. I'm like nobody's ever – if I go to those 236 countries, nobody is ever going to say you didn't visit my country.
1: So you finished the Brooklyn Summer Ale, yeah. and this is the local Jack Dempsey's Ale. You're going to like it. It's like the local bar we're at. It's their own beer. Oh, nice. So wow, you're like that's it? that's really cool. Of course. You said you wanted some local stuff.
0: I mean I didn't know local, local. We're oh, like, like, going <laughs> local, local
1: down the basement local. <laughs> yeah, wow. So when, when you say loopholes – I know what you're saying, and I'm going to explain to you what I think. It bothers me, and I hate to say bothers because who the F am I, but it bothers me that when someone's in uh, Rio de Janeiro for a six-hour layover and don't leave the airport, they're sitting in the airport sleeping, it's like, so I was in Brazil, I'm like, oh, did you visit blank, blank, and blank? Everyone has a definition of quote-unquote visiting the country. I always feel you have to leave the airport, you have to eat, you have to have a beer, Talk to a local. I think you should be there for at least a day because some countries yep, are like Andorra, what are you going to do for more than a day? Yeah, exactly. Unless you're going to go skiing. And there's some countries, listen, and you're in and out quick. But in those other places, is there a possibility? So tell me what loopholes mean to you. Okay, so I think there's three main loopholes. And I even put it on my
0: website and everything because it was just WanderingDentist.com. Yeah. Awesome website. And Thank we're going to talk
1: about your social media thing, but WanderingDentist.com.
0: Yeah, and so. And I, you know the hard part is i 'm trying to do it without offending anyone because it's really hard with traveling because there's a lot of people most travelers i 'll just come forward most travelers use loopholes, so you've got to be very careful when you're saying things because you don't want to offend the majority of people that uh, have also traveled around the world so the first loophole I think most people a large portion of the general pop population don't believe in them, and then that's where you don't cross immigration right that's the whole thing saudi arabia is the perfect example because saudi arabia you're in
1: jeddah for 8 hours on a layover you're not leaving jeddah which, which I
0: did uh, what, I mean I didn't count it but I uh, you know when I was going to cuz singapore has direct flights from singapore to Saudi and so when I went to Kuwait I flew Saudi Airlines and yeah obviously you're gonna have your layover in Saudi but I never left the airport and yes did I talk to Saudis in the airport yes did I have food in the airport yes but I didn't see you didn't enter the country yeah I mean and if anybody questions me with that rule look at Israel Mm -hmm. I mean I went to their jail (laughs) I saw their doctor I got to meet Israelis I ate their food I mean I didn't even, I wasn't even at the airport anymore. So, and I still didn't count that, right? I still didn't count Israel. I'm like, I need to get into this fucking country. And I, you know, so, so like, but I, I didn't realize most people would have said I visited the country and I was like, no, I didn't. So, okay. So that's the first one, right? And then the, the second one, which most people, a lot, a lot of people do. And I wish more people would not do this. It's something that really, I don't know how to say it, 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 it aggravates yeah it aggravates me is going to somewhere that the main government doesn't control so a good example would be the caribbean if you go to aruba you don't say you're going to the netherlands Ooh, right but technically it's a territory if you go to the if you go to the u.s virgin islands people you know did you go to the u.s if you go to martinique did you go to france right like you could go around the caribbean and say you went to like six countries in europe
1: and there's one i disagree with you on that though Which one? And and, and I want you to to, um, debate me on it. I know you're a political debater guy.
0: Oh, yeah. I love politics.
1: Iraq. You don't count, oh, is it Kerbal? You don't count that as being Iraq. That's what I was going to say. Oh, was it? Because I I saw that on your website, um, wanderingdentist.com, and you said loopholes. I'm like, oh, I want to see this dude's loopholes. I'm like, ooh, that one surprised me with uh, Kerbal. Is it Kerbal? Kurdistan. Yes. So why does uh, the city. That t- drives me nuts. Yes.
0: So okay, oh, explain so. that one to me.
1: I'm, gl- I'm glad we talked about that because that, that Okay. Was and that.
0: That's like the Western Sahara thing. So basically, um, when you go. So a lot of travelers again they're trying to travel to all 193 countries and one of the reasons i think most travelers use 193 is the that is the lowest list there Mm -hmm. and the less numbers you can have on the list the easier it is to visit every country right it's it's a lot 236 versus which is my list versus 193 that's a difference of oh gosh 43 countries and those 43 countries some of them are quite difficult you need visas right so it's a lot nicer to do i mean that's like you're only going to 80 percent of the amount that my list is so anyway um so, yeah, so a lot of travelers are trying to visit to every country. And if you go to, let's just explain. You go to Kurdistan. So Kurdistan is a territory that is not governed by the Iraqi government. So this is exactly what I'm talking about, is the Iraqi government, doesn't doesn't government, the Kurdistan government oversees it. So, for example, Kurdistan has their own visa policy. As an American, you can go there and you don't even need a visa. You visa on arrival. Visa on arrival. Try to go to Iraq without a visa. I even had a visa and they wouldn't let me on the plane. Like, I had to then take a different flight because they didn't even believe my visa was valid, the, the airline. It was a mess. So, when I went to Kurdistan, it really – you, have you been to Kurdistan?
1: Not yet, no. So,
0: it feels like the Gulf. It feels like Kuwait. It feels like Qatar. It does not feel like the place we fought a war against um, as America. They love
1: America, they do. Yeah,
0: and, and so it's this and, – and the Iraqi war was not – nothing happened in Kurdistan. So, you go to Kurdistan and you're like – This isn't what I've seen from the movies. This is Iraq is beautiful. Yeah. I'm like this, 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 I I saw Iraq in the movies. This is something different. (laughs) And again, I wanted to visit the biggest rule is remember, I want to visit what the average person on the street thinks when you say you visit every country and you ask the average person what they think of when they think of Iraq, they
1: think of Baghdad, they
0: think of Baghdad. And so that's exactly what I did. I didn't care. I had to figure out a way to get to Baghdad. And here's the craziest part of Kurdistan, if you want to call it part of Iraq. People from Kurdistan, if they want to work in Baghdad, need a visa. They can't even travel to their own country to be able to travel. I'm like, okay, this is a different part. And so that was the whole loophole thing is that I said when I went to Kurdistan and I went there, I was like, this doesn't count. This doesn't count. This isn't what my friends and family are going to think when I th- said I went to Iraq. They
1: don't want to see that pretty fountain in the square. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. They're going to want to see the bullet holes in the building. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I went. I ended up going to Iraq. <laughs> I, I ended up going to Baghdad, and and then I went to Babylon. You know, and I was able to see the some ancient statues from thousands of years ago. I mean, even talking to the people, like when you were when you were in Baghdad, you're going to hear about what it was like. Was. When the war was happening and I mean, one of my friends from Baghdad, he, he, he had terrorists come in and blow up his house. So like it, and his, his dad ended up passing away. He he was happened to be in a different room with his mom. So he survived. Uh, and he told me his hearing for like years didn't, didn't work. Um, so my point is. That's what I wanted, right? And just the food. The food is everything's different. Mm-hmm. The food is different. The people are different. The culture's different. Everything is completely different. Iraq, Iraq. I mean, and so if anything from this podcast, if you are a traveler out there, don't just try to check off the list to Iraq. Go see Iraq. Go to Baghdad. It was incredible. It's one of my favorite trips I've ever done. And so, yeah, that's one of the loopholes that, that kind of drives me nuts.
1: I have to ask the generic question you go to these countries, and I've been to so many of them. Do you ever not feel safe? And be honest, we're men, so it's always like, hey, we have to act tough. You're going to be like, hey, I'm, sh- I'm shooting over to the South Sudan. I'm going to shoot over to Somalia. The unsafeness, does that bother you, or do you get a rush off it, or do you ever feel unsafe while you're there?
0: Well, most of the – so at the beginning, I think because I knew people at every place I was going, I felt that for the most part felt pretty safe. Like, for example, before I went to Syria – I contacted people on Facebook, I contacted people on Couchsurfing. I contacted tons of Syrians, and everybody in Syria said, hey, it's not so dangerous, what you're reading in the news isn't really happening, it's, it's fine, you can come here, you have no problem about safety, you don't have to worry at all, and I mean, I remember in Libya, they, when I did the same thing, they're like, well, it's pretty dangerous, you got to be careful, and so then when I went to Libya, I was a little bit more nervous, I'll, I'll never forget, oh gosh, so <laughs> when I was going to, I was in Jordan, and... Oh, okay, I'll just come out and say it. So one of the ways I found out to meet people... So I f- tried to figure out different ways to meet people. And I was having trouble. We'll use Iceland as an example. I was going to Iceland. I went on Couchsurfing. I went on Facebook. messaged a bunch of people. I'm like, I'm coming to Iceland. Let's hang out.
1: They're like, chill out, creep. Why are you in my DMs?
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. right? And like, and, and guys, for example, maybe they thought I was gay or something, right? Like mm-hmm. They're like, dude, I don't care. We get lots of tours. And so I remember being like upset i'm like how am i gonna meet people from iceland because again my goal wasn't to visit every country my goal was to meet people everywhere i went Mm -hmm. that was my goal not to visit every country and i was like okay i gotta be smart how to do it And i remember talking to my buddy and he's like dude you're you're a decent looking guy you need to use that and so yeah and and it comes back to the the ex-girlfriend the the way she found her guy was a new app that just came out when she did it, which I'm sure you probably know. It's mm-hmm. called Tinder. Of course. And I was like, "Damn, that was really efficient. It worked really well. We were talking all the time, and she was able to find someone. She was really busy with school, and it worked really well for her. And so I decided, I'm like, Iceland, screw you, and I downloaded it for Iceland. And now, let
1: me let me. Call, yeah. Where were you when this happened? You were in Singapore. I was in Singapore. Now, if you pay, because I, I know this because yeah. I've done it too. Yeah. yeah. Um. When I was single, I I went on Tinder, and I signed up for Tinder, and you can pay like a a couple of dollars, and you can put yourself in different countries. Exactly. And you make your profile. Hi, I'm flying to Amsterdam. I'll be here for three days. Would love to meet a local.
0: Well, you don't put that second part. I learned that that out. You never say that you're a tourist because Europeans – no offense to you guys, but you guys hate tourists. You – you never want to be a tour guide. So you have to kind of not let them know that you're a tour guide. We here. have to let them know you're American. Or you, you, you let them know that. But you, as soon as they find out you're a tourist, they're like, unmatch, unmatch. unmatch. He only wants three yeah. days with me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, 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 I'm exactly. not a piece of meat. Yeah, exactly. So, But what was I going to say? So, yeah. And at this was so early in the game, they didn't even have this yet with Tinder. But there was another app that had came out that I found that doesn't even exist anymore. It was like Tinder Tools or Tools for Tinder or something okay. like that. <laughs> that that it was like a dollar to download. So I paid a dollar and that let me change my location, which it, I kind of missed that one because when it changed your location, you showed up in the country. And, so, right, so you're in Reykjavik. Yeah. So when they see my location, they see that I'm five kilometers away. Whereas now with Tinder, if you change your location, they still see that you're far away. You're, you're
1: 4,800 miles right, away, right? but coming to Poland in a month.
0: Exactly. So they really thought I was there, um, which is crazy because as soon as you go back on Tinder after about like five minutes, it if you start swiping it knocks you back goes back to your regular location <laughs> so what you'd have to do like i was so great at this like you'd have to go in tinder not swipe at all go straight to the messages and only message and you couldn't do any swiping because as soon as you do swiping it realizes where you are and then or i would message a whole bunch of messages and then i'd go back to the app and change my location <laughs> so that they still think i'm there like i was i was so crazy with this but anyway the whole point is when and the true, this is completely a true story when i was Going to Iceland, I had messaged over 50 people on Couchsurfing. I had messaged people on Facebook. Only three had replied and all said they could not meet me. When I went on Tinder in Iceland, I had two different ladies offer to pick me up from the airport.
1: Which is a hike and a half. Well, eh?
0: That's what I'm going to say. I went from nobody wanting to meet me from people fighting to pick me up from the airport. Right? And the the lady that ended up picking me up drove me four and a half hours to an ice glacier. We went there and came back the same day. And I remember after going to Iceland, I'm like, this is the way to...
1: Game changer.
0: Game changer, right? And so the whole point of this whole story was to tell you about my scary experience in Jordan.
1: Listen, I told you I do a long-form podcast. (laughs) This is what I like. You can just tell me about Jordan. I want to hear the backstory. That's what people want to hear. They don't want to hear, I flew Jordan. Okay, so now...
0: So I'm in Jordan, and I had matched with an Iraqi lady. Mm -hmm. And she offered to have me come over to her place and her friend's place. And I just remember because it was like 10 o'clock at nighttime. It was down some uh, some like scary little area. And I had not met her and I asked her where her friend was from and he was from Iraq. And I'm like, Oh God, we're like, there's an Iraqi guy, a few Iraqi guys, mm-hmm. a few Iraqi girls. And they're all going to pick me up at 10 PM at nighttime down some corner alley. And I remember that time I felt a little bit nervous. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm insane. What the hell yeah. am I doing? And then he picked me up and we went to his house and the girl was really attractive. I'm like, oh, okay. Not so bad. <laughs> so
1: it worked out perfectly. Worked out,
0: worked out well. So, and it was, it was so cool because like, like I was able to, I mean, it's not just, and again, I hope people don't judge it the wrong way. Like, cause some people do use Tinder for certain things. Of course. A- and I really, I was the guy that like, w- I used it to be able to, to meet and interact and pull an avatar. You know, if you've watched Avatar, if you've watched uh, Pocahontas, that's what I did. I would try to become a part of their culture. Of course, I can't become, like, an avatar blue person. I'm still going to look white. But, like, I did it my best to really be able to interact and really have this. And, and, and it's amazing. When... You meet one person. That's all it takes is one person because that one person has friends. I can't believe how many times I got invited to a party and then you meet all the people at the party. I can't believe – I always make jokes how many guys I met through Tinder. Yeah, I was not swiping on guys. You go to Afghanistan and the girl I matched with with, had to work that day but she's like, oh, I have this Afghani friend. He's off today and that guy then takes me around and everything, right? So like – there was, and same with Iran. It's just so many times you, you match with people and they connect you with other people. And it, all of a sudden, I had this in. And it, it was incredible.
1: There's probably 100 countries I can think of at the top of my hand where VOA, visa on arrival. You land. Like for everyone listening, you go to DR, you land. You never think of a visa. Yeah. Then you have to get, you know, Bhutan and uh, Myanmar. You have, you know, you have, need a visa. Some of these countries, was the visa process for you a pain in the ass? Or was it like, hey, I want to go to Iran this weekend? okay how's the visa process how was the visa process for you
0: so there was only about
1: four to five countries where the visa was
0: really difficult um and syria was one of them i mean syria it was it was crazy i i tried everything i remember in syria i i I had done the the tinder thing i matched with a girl we met at the border trying to come so in syria it says under the immigration that if you don't have a consul or an embassy in your country you can get a visa on arrival well america because of politics uh kicked out the syrian embassy so we had no embassy and singapore also doesn't have a syrian embassy so i tried to use you're that golden excuse. you go right in yeah so i tried to use that excuse and my match was a doc, was a dentist as well so i'm like this is perfect she's a dentist i'm a dentist we'll both show that we're dentists we'll say that i'm coming here to volunteer i'm coming here to help teach the the local dentist and we tried that and it ended up Obviously not working, but um, you know, w- with Syria, even even with that, I learned about a dental conference <laughs> through my matches, and which is absolutely crazy. And that's how I got invited because I ended up speaking at the Syrian dental conference. So like, yeah, there were definitely countries like Yemen, um, Syria, Saudi was a little tricky, uh, Libya that were kind of difficult. Western Sahara for sure.
1: When I uh, when I would travel, and I, when I was single, I would use Tinder. I would crush it. I'd have a picture of me riding an elephant in Thailand, me staying on the Great Wall. What were your five go-to Tinder pictures?
0: <laughs> well, I okay, real quick before I answer this, one thing I want to po- focus out about too with Tinder is I think like for me, it's such a great equalizer because I'm not the person that's going to be all posh and go to a bar and spend thousands on a girl, right? And try to like win her over with, I'm a very feminist if you can say anything else right i, th- I think women. you helped your girl
1: move after she broke up yeah, with you. yeah exactly
0: but um what was i going to say so like i thought it was amazing because it gave me a chance to be equal to these millionaires gave me a chance to be equal to people that are celebrities it gave me a chance where it's all because people don't know that when they look at your profile mm-hmm. because they don't know everybody right so so exactly what you're saying is i tried to pick things that that i learned after time were, were the go-to picture so um what was I going to say? So exactly, like like traveling, I should, I should like look at what I have. Um, I mean, I think the first thing I talk about is the things that used to be like big negatives, right? Like I, when I was in high school, I started a math and chess club, and so I put that on my description, right? Which it gives. The biggest thing is you want to give people a reason to have a conversation. You want the other than hey, how was your day? And so I put things that would allow, like, somebody that wants to send me a message, give them something to talk about, right? And so, yes, I didn't talk about my traveling in my description because I figured my pictures would portray that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the nice thing, here's the other nice thing. As I had traveled so many places and taken so many photos... That at one angle on one of those photos i look really good right like when you take yes you good photos you just find your best photo, you're finding your best five uh, best photo and you're like that's what's so amazing right you don't have to see everything so and then you take your instagram and they can see your instagram and see all these traveling things i can't even remember what i have for photos but like yeah it was just a lot of different traveling ones and and that showed i was adventurous that's why i try to portray in my photos is more than my looks but really that I'm adventurous. And I even put that in my description. So one of the things that would happen a lot, um, which, uh, again, I don't mean to be offensive to anybody, but who cares, Um, is you do get the girls that think that they need to be taken out to a fancy dinner and have a lot of money spent on them. And that is everywhere around the world. And actually, some of the most feminist countries that claim they're feminists, those are the most of the women, which we could go in the whole tangent talking Mm about that. Um, And so I literally had to put on my like profile so many times, like trying to hint that that's not who I am. If you want that, just you, we're, we're not going to be Yeah, matched. Swipe somebody else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm here to, I would rather go on a walk around the park and learn about your story or not even that I'd rather go on a crazy adventure. Cause usually my pickup line would be, I'm going to this. Do you want to join me? Right. I'm already going. You can come with me if you want, or you don't have to. And I'm going to go either way. Uh, but actually a lot of females love that because they're so, you know, they're so sick of going to dinner every time. They If you to the want to
1: restaurant. go to a bar tonight, you want Italian food, yeah. you're like, hey, we're going to go jump off a cliff.
0: Exactly. That's what I'd say. I'm like – and the other thing that's crazy is you meet people all around the world, guys and girls. They don't even explore their own country or I their know. own cities. I mean I remember I was in Namibia. I mean you could talk about every place, but I remember that one because this girl like – she just won the genetic lottery. She just was very, very, very attractive. And I took her to a place that like – I just wanted to see it, right? It was in her own city and she had never been there. I'm like, this is your number one tourist site in your city and you have never been there. And I mean, Honduras, I took the girl downtown and she always thought it was too dangerous. She had never been there. And I was just like, I could go on and on. So many times I took them to places that they had never been, yet anybody else that met them could have taken them there.
1: Dustin, I live in New York City, a few blocks in Empire State Building. When my friends come here, friends I talk to, I'm like, yeah, my boys came in from Australia. What'd you do with Empire State Building? Bro, I've never been there.
0: People Yeah, exactly. My exactly. friends who
1: live in New York City have never been to the Empire State Building. So, so perfect, I New
0: York's agree. a perfect example, right? So so that's kinda how it worked. And yeah, it just was it was worked out absolutely incredible. And the biggest thing too with going out this is how I mean you literally when you go on a date, you interview, right? You ask where are you from, what's your family like? Like dates trust me, they are interviews. I mean, especially the boring ones where you don't know what to yeah. talk about, right? And that's what was so incredible is I mean, I can't believe I met girls that had brothers that were spies and they would show me a photo of them I'm like uh you, what are you doing but anyway like that's a, I, I, UN you learned that they, they would work for the UN and all the corruption there and like it just it was incredible the stuff I learned by doing this
1: we've talked about growing up fun travel you did some really, and I know you don't. You don't advertise this, which yeah. bothers me. and We're going to talk about that later <laughs> on. I might become your social media manager. Yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, I, everybody I, gives me crap about that. They're uh, like, you need to. do Well, a let me touch on like that. This. I've had on people, and I won't knock yeah. anyone who yeah, came on because everyone sure. who comes on, I love. Who have who has crazy social media uh, influence? Yep. Yet you've been to every country and you've done volunteer work, which I want to talk about. That would legitimately put you on. And I'm not, Liz, I'm yeah. not gaslighting you. Not blowing you up. Would we'll put you on magazine covers, what you did in some of these countries, the dentistry and stuff. Yes, you try and be very humble with it, and you don't even advertise it. So, your social media, we're going to talk about, and I, I might pronounce it wrong. Is it the Pitkin Islands? Pitkarn. Can you explain what you, where that country is, how many people there, and what you did? Because when I, when I read this story about you, blew my mind.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't even realize it was such a big deal until my um, YouTube, like, I, I, you know, I watched YouTube or whatever. And this guy that I re- love to watch, he has over two hundred or two million followers. He contacted me and interviewed me for a podcast he was doing. And I'm like,
1: Man. Who was it? Son of a bitch with two million. Who is this guy? Uh,
0: Wendover. His name is Sam. Sam. I don't know okay. his last name, but Wendover Productions is his YouTube channel. And he does really cool, like, educational YouTube stuff. And of course, I'm a nerd, so I love ed- educational <laughs> stuff. And I always watch this stuff. And it was crazy that you know he was like my number, my favorite YouTube channel. And when he contacted me, I was like, "Dang, I must be doing something right because this guy just you know featured me and, and everything." Because he never interviews anybody. So yeah. So okay, back to the story. I went to so first we should talk about why I would go to Pitcairn Islands. So Pitcairn Islands is most people obviously don't recognize it as a territory. Has a huge backstory. But it was in the Lonely Planet book, the same book we talked about earlier in this episode, uh, that has Greenland and Antarctica. And, again, I'm not going to go – they had 221 countries. I'm not going to go to 220 and miss that one. And the other thing is it's not – is a lot closer to the United – or to Singapore than it is to the United States. So I'm like, well, I'm in Singapore now. If I'm ever going to go, I should go now. Um, so basically what it is, it's uh, – an country or an island or a territory whatever you want to call it in the middle of nowhere in the pacific ocean it's not near anything so i ended up having to take four flights which was kind of stressful because one of the flight most people would go many days in advance so that they you know their their head in the case obviously yeah but you know somebody doesn't do that and so one of the flights i was i was transferring on was overbooked and they had planned to bump me and luckily i had status on the airline but if you want to see someone pan out i'm usually a pretty calm person, but. Basically, you have to pay three thousand dollars for the boat. So, you miss, and the boat only goes once every three months. So, you miss, if I miss that flight, I miss the boat. And so, yeah, I, I showed them my situation and went nuts, and they got me on the flight. Um, anyway, back to the story. So, yeah, so I took I ended up taking four flights when I eventually got to the nearest airport to this island. Then I had to get on a boat that took about thirty six hours to get there. Oof. And even the boat, like you thought it would be this nice, easy boat. It was Yacht,
1: the, luxury boat?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, not <laughs> anything like that. And not that the boat was so so bad, but that the water was so bad. Gosh, those waves. Like, I usually don't get seasickness at all, but, I mean, I was about to throw up the entire trip. I remember the, my example that I'll never forget is I was so sick that I just wanted to lay down. I'm like, I'll lay down, and they had this big screen tv i'm like i'll just lay down and watch a dvd because i need something to do during the day to get my mind off how sick i am i just want to lay here and i couldn't get the dvd in the dvd player because the boat was shaking so much i couldn't get it in there it took me like 10 minutes i kept falling over i was on my hands and knees trying to put the dvd in
1: how many people on this boat um
0: so they have a new boat now but at this time there was 12 Passengers and then the boat crew, which was about oh six. god, so
1: nothing, and everybody's went yeah. to this one little island. Yeah, and okay. The,
0: and the crazy part is the boat was supposed to have twelve. There was only eleven, so somebody because you know how I said I almost missed my flight, somebody else okay must have, must have missed theirs. So yeah, so you you take the boat for two days and you get to this island, and this island ha, again it has fifty people in the middle of nowhere. Um, I just thought so that's what I love I the reason I loved it is I wanted to see how this island of 50 people in the middle of nowhere functions how can this society survive how can they live on their own and so yeah so I went there and then the biggest thing that they realized was that I was a dentist and nobody had seen a dentist for over two years and they just asked me if I'd like to do dental work and they thought I'd take the I mean I'm just trying to be honest and real but they thought I'd take like the, the three or four most serious patients. And I told them, I mean, I felt bad that they hadn't seen a dentist for, for two years. Because I was only on this island for four days. And right? you're there alone. I'm there alone. I travel. It cost me a lot of money. I'm going to this island for four days. And so I think I kind of shocked them when I said, I'll see everybody. And th- they even tried to convince me not, <laughs> to which is weird. They're like, are you sure? You're only here for four <laughs> days. Like, why don't you just take the most serious? I'm like, nobody's seen a dentist for two years. I will see anybody that wants to be seen. Um, and so, yeah, it did take two of my four days that was there, right? Um, and was, but like, I, I, to me, it was perfect, right? Like Everybody else goes there, and they don't really get to connect with the locals, right? They kind of go around and sightsee, just like I said, everywhere else in the world. And trust me, when you treat their teeth, you interact. You're a part of the culture.
1: Let me ask you a couple of things. The, One, how many people live on this island? 50 people. And you're like, you're a small town USA, like 50 people. Oh, how bad were the teeth?
0: Not so bad, actually. I was really impressed. Um, you know, it was really good that I saw some people because there was two te- two teeth that were like needed a surgery to be done. Because so the, but they have a de- they have a doctor on this island. So I guess if it's a really shaky tooth, he could probably figure out how to take out a really shaky tooth, right? And I try to teach him basic like how to do really. Oh, so you basic would teach feelings. him that too? Yeah. So I'll, yeah. So I, I I went over. We had like lessons where I I try to teach the. <laughs> And, you know, this doctor has good and bad. He has really amazing hours because he has 50 people. So he only works like nine hours a week, uh, which is incredible. He makes the same doctor's salary and only has to work like nine hours a week. So he lives a, like a
1: king there. A king,
0: but you're also in the middle of nowhere with nothing to do. So if you're not working, what else are you going to do? This How
1: job? long is his commitment there? Because I'm assuming he's from somewhere else. Okay. Yeah,
0: he's a two-year commitment. And it's kind of interesting. He's from Australia. They also have a lot of people from New Zealand. Yet, technically, U.K. territory. It's a really interesting okay. situation. but. Anyway, so yeah, so not only did I treat the patients, I treated about probably about 30, 25, 25 to 30. I I didn't really count. Um, But I also tried to teach him how to do stuff, um, you know, because I really want, because I knew as soon as I left, then they're going to be in the mess again, you know. You never know when things happen.
1: That's why, and I'm going to say this right now, we're looking face to face, admire you because I know this is going to bother you too. I see. Person X who goes to Nigeria, takes that one famous picture with the eight kids from the village, leaves, maybe leaves them a t-shirt and a hat. Yeah. And, but oh, hey, I got, I don't, I don't even have Instagram. I don't have Facebook. I don't even have it. Um, but I got 8,000 likes on it. You actually went to a country, treated 90% of the people with dentistry. But you didn't just leave. You actually taught somebody. And it's so admirable of you. I know you'd be like, oh, thank you. But it really is. That just shows what kind of person you are as a human. Like, it's crazy. Have you ever done any dentistry or any other kind of work anywhere else? Oh, all over. Oh, really? Over.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I actually – because I – I don't know the best way to say this. I didn't do it because, like, I wanted to show off. Just like you said, I didn't do it because I wanted to put it on Instagram. Actually, I never put it Yeah, anywhere. I was going to say, I didn't read I anywhere hit, that you even I, – I hid it from everybody. And then there was this annoying country, as we have talked about in the past, that threw me in the jail. And pissed me off so much that I said, all right, it's time to pull it out. It's time to pull out my you service, out your card. Pulling out my cards. All right. I did not do this to be famous. I did not do this because I wanted to show off that I'm a kind person. I did this because this is the type of kid I was raised by my parents. And in small town, Wisconsin, this is what we do, where we're raised from. But you have made me upset. It goes on the website. It's mm-hmm. going on my Instagram. <laughs> I'm pissed. Uh, and so that's why still now i on at Instagram because it's actually helped me in a few places. I mean, when I was in Russia, I got interrogated. And as soon as I showed them that I did service work, like literally, they're like, oh, okay, it seems like a good guy. So, yeah, I mean, I did it west, the whole, but a lot of times it's helped me too. I have to admit, like the service work, sometimes like Pitcairn, I went there and did the service work in Tuvalu. I did there and went to the, the service work. I would have went there either way. But in places like Western Sahara, and Syria um, and Yemen, all three of those places, I got visas because I went to do service work. So even though I did like and I worked really hard when I was there, it did help me because I, it allowed me to get into the country.
1: I've been offered sponsorship because of my job. I don't yep. say what I do on. The, everyone knows by a loophole with the job. So yeah. people are like, oh, my God, you work for Blank. You have a podcast. It's pretty popular. And you travel. Hey, we would love to sponsor you. And but I don't do it because my job doesn't let me. You're big on no sponsorship and there's a lot of people who travel and good for them. And I actually yeah, give yeah. them props. I'm like, hey, good for you who stay in five-star hotels, who are flown to blank to travel to the Maldives. Yeah. F- stay in our hut and put it to your 2 million followers. I know, you were offered, um, I know you were offered sponsorship. Why Why didn't you do any sponsorships?
0: You said it. It's crazy that even just you thinking about it, you already said it. Maldives is an the, is the example. Yeah. So – Everybody, okay, so, and I'm not, just like you said, I'm not trying to knock people, obviously, you know. I, 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 I
1: appreciate the hustle, good for you. E-
0: exactly, and and I get fortunate, I worked really hard to become a dentist, so I don't need to take the, sh- the sponsorships, but like, so the Maldives is a perfect example, because most people, when they go to the Maldives, they get this, okay, if you don't know, if there's two ways to go to the Maldives, there's the way to go if you're a millionaire, and there's the way to go if you're on a budget, And if you go as a millionaire, yes, and you're spending over $1,000 a night, you're going to have a really nice place. It's going to look incredible. A bungalow
1: over the water, the glass floor.
0: It's going to be beautiful. But if you go like with me where I went with a girl that was also going there, we found the cheapest place we could go. It was $250 a night. I have never in my life spent $250 a night on a hotel room ever, ever. Um, And I was like – I like cried as I clicked (laughs) (laughs) confirm. I was like, okay. And then – um, and then that didn't include the $60 uh, price that you had to pay to just get to this hotel because all these hotels have a private shelter. Now, we again, normally you have to pay like $200 because you need a private uh, – what's the planes called? The seaplanes. You need yes. a private seaplane.
1: You're landing – is it Malé? Yeah. You land in Malé. Let me explain. Yep. The Maldives has 1,000 islands. Yep. You land in Malay, which is like the city. I hate to say yep. city but city. And now you're going to go to the – I'm using uh, the Grand Hyatt on this one. You got to pay $200, $300 to take a 20-minute flight to their island. Okay,
0: And the the hotel has to – and it makes sense that it's that price because of supply and demand, right? The entire hotel has their own seaplane that only works to take people. So they have to charge a lot because it's not like a normal flight. It's only – so literally, my flight from Singapore to (laughs) the Maldives is a budget airline. It's cheaper than the flight – From the Maldives to the hotel, which is 20 minutes. I'm just clarifying. Mm -hmm. So, literally, I had done all this research, and I had found out that I could find there was one hotel that was a boat ride away. Usually, they're further than that. So, the boat ride was only 60 bucks. Anyway, the whole point of the story is I go to this place, and because it was only a $250 hotel per night place, and because it was within a boat ride, you go there, and they had literally just made their own island out of sand. And there was no coral. There was nothing pretty. I went to this place, and it was so freaking boring. I was like
1: – Did it look pretty though?
0: It was okay. Okay. It wasn't that great because I wasn't paying $1,000 a night. And it was just like, this sucks. This is boring as hell. And that's – when was the last time you – when you go on Google and search the Maldives? you're never going to get those photos. You're going to get these because everybody else is getting sponsored and getting put in all these Instagram people with hundreds of thousands of followers are going and getting thrown into these places where it's like really fancy and they're giving you a false impression of what the Melodies really is like. And so that's when I realized, I'm like, if I get sponsored, I'm not going to be true. I'm not going to see... What... You're
1: that, you became that person.
0: Yeah, and, and I know other people, and, and they're great people, and they do do some good stuff, but they, they'll get sponsored by the tourism board. So how are you going to say something negative about a country? I mean, and you know that's the whole thing you said about social media. That's why I'm starting. I just started my own, own stuff because I've been pushed so much, and because the other reason is because, unfortunately, there are so many travelers that do things that, where they represent they don't show the truth and sometimes they don't even know when you have a million followers or 2 million or 5 million or 10 million followers what you see of a country even if you don't even if you try to see the real country you're not going to see the real country and you know some of these travelers it just i've been like dude how can you be so blind to this it's because you know everything so yeah so that's why i finally started to do some social media because I wanted to show the world what it really was like, not what it's like for someone that's a celebrity.
1: Well, what is your thing? Because I saw that uh, you have a Facebook thing. I went on your Twitter, which only has like 80 followers. I'm like, this dude should have 8 million effing followers. Oh, yeah, because I never used Twitter. Yeah, Yeah, but what's this Facebook thing you're doing when when you're saying – So
0: I just started – basically the main channel is the other side of the truth. Which basically, just, just listen to the title, right? It's the other side of the truth. So all I do is I try to pick up things that everybody believes about a country and show the true side of it. Um, so, like, my first video that I'm – well, I did an introductory video. But my first one that I really think is really good is is Russia. And I'll kind of give, give it away. But – <laughs> whatever um so one of the things that drives me nuts is okay so mo- again most people when they go to russia if if they go to russia which they usually go into other places in europe but if they go to Rus- russia they go to moscow and saint petersburg and so they don't realize a lot of things about russia Wait, there's other places in russia
1: yeah exactly like
0: <laughs> like they have 83 i'm gonna call them states they're different names but so everybody can understand they have 83 states just like america has 50 states they have 83 and most go to two places right And what it's it's incredible. So what I did about this video and like they have different cultures, different unique things. And something that's a little bit unique with Russia versus say like America is you go to Florida to the US to New York to California. I know they're different, but it's not like Russia. Some of these states are so unique that they're different ethnic tribes and the different The people things. look different. That's what I'm trying to say, yes, in, <laughs> in uh, uh, different terms. Yeah, so the people look different. They, they have their own language. And so that's what blew me away was there was this part of Russia that I had no idea about. And the other thing that blew me away was how similar it was. To, I'm going to give it a giveaway in the video. But one of the biggest giveaways is that it was the exact same as Wisconsin because they have freezing Really? Yes. Yeah, so, what place was this? All over Russia because they have freezing cold winters because they, like, I mean, just think about Russia. What other country besides Russia loves cars? They love cars. Everybody owns a car. I can think of a country that does that. They love the open road. They love to go on road trips. They love to go camping. They love hunting and fishing. They... Um, gas gas is half the price in, Ru- in, in Russia that is in the U.S. Think of half the price. It sounds like
1: the Great White North.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and and where else do you get freezing cold? Well, you're not, you know you're from New York, so you don't know what Wisconsin's. But hey, where, we get
1: cold weather here. You have no idea until you go to Wisconsin. <laughs> where
0: else do you get like thousands of uh, feet of snow? You know, it was every like when I went around there, and they'd like like okay, my favorite example when I was a kid and grew up my grandma would hook up a, buzz, a buzzer for the haircut and would cut my, my hair with a buzzer that she attached to the vacuum. Right? What? And when you go around Russia, <laughs> no, you no. look at these kids and you're like, I bet my grandma cut your hair.
1: Where are uh, a fun teller. What's the last name? Where's that? German. Our, German. Okay. You're hundred percent German?
0: No, no. I'm a mix of a bunch of stuff. Actually the crazy real side note, my grandmother was on the orphan train so if you don't know there was holy crap yeah so she came from we believe ireland during the potato famine but we have no idea she came from somewhere her parents didn't make it on a boat over to new york and she got put on a train if you don't know what the orphan train is they had too many orphans here and they they didn't know what to do but they knew farmers needed more help help right and so she yeah she got sent out and and i believe it was southern wisconsin she got picked up right near chicago and she She always told me she was treated like a, a secondhand. Was never treated like one in the family. Um, yeah. And so, so the, yeah. So I don't know what a quarter of my ancestry is, but I know my mother's side is basically German, and then my father's side is kind of. Who knows? Over, who knows?
1: So, anyway, where were we? We were talking about Russia, the Great White North, and yeah. how it was, how it's Wisconsin, Minnesota, basically. Yeah.
0: So basically, that, but. The, the point is, yeah. So that's the point of the, the video. And that I, I get really annoyed that when we talk about Russia, like, and another point in the video was that when we talk about China, we think of their history. When we talk about France, we think of the Eiffel Tower and food. But when we think about Russia, we think of one person. Mm-hmm. And it just, get, of course, politics, right? And it just drives me nuts that you, you don't think about their culture. You don't think about their history. You don't think about anything else than, than Putin. And so that's the whole point of the video is to show other things. And I do it with... With comedy and, and everything else. And, and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that's And how do people on. find it? Well, I haven't launched it yet. But all the Russians that have seen it have gone. They loved was, it? They loved it, so.
1: it. It's so funny you mentioned that because when I went uh, – so I never traveled. Like I said, yeah. I grew up pretty poor. I went to Mexico. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, they have a peso? This is yeah. incredible. And the beer is just called cerveza. Like I, it it yeah. blew my mind. Then I went to Canada. And maybe around seven years ago – no, it was actually like 15 years ago. I go to Amsterdam for a week with my boy. And we're partying, and we find out about this thing called Oktoberfest. And I'm like, the flight is twenty eight dollars on twenty eight dollars, and I flew to Munich. Yeah. I come home. I don't travel again for like eight years, and I wanted to, but Dustin, I never knew anyone that would travel with me. So I found a group of friends and went to uh, Iceland together. That was our first trip, maybe like six years ago. And I don't have Instagram, I don't have yeah. Facebook, and we took some pictures in the Blue Lagoon, and we go back to the hotel. I'm like, all right, I'm showering. Let's get ready to go out. We gotta meet these Icelandic girls. There's yeah. these blonde, beautiful girls. And they, my two friends I went with, stayed in the hotel around six hours to find a filter and this to put on Instagram. And I'm like, no, I don't know Instagram. And I'm like, dude, you you have 800 followers. Like, what are you doing? Let's come on, let's go out. And then you know, but I had a blast. I met all these local Icelandics, and this one girl's like, come back to my place. We're having a party. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, I might get robbed. New York centric. And then doesn't two months later we go to um, Amsterdam, Prague, Poland, and. Budapest. That was a yeah. nice little trip. And we're in uh, Amsterdam and the Anne Frank House. I'm just yeah. using it in the canals. And they would go back at 1 p.m. because I guess that was in New York time. Yeah. That was 6 a.m. or yeah. it was a good Instagram time. And these people stayed in the hotel like five hours waiting to get likes. And I'm like, like, what would you just do? I'm like, I met this like Amsterdam dude having like charcuterie. Yeah. We had like salami on the street. Yeah. It was so cool. And then that's why I started traveling alone a little more because I'm like, I don't do this for the likes. I don't. Yeah. When I take a good picture, I'm like, hey, mom, check this out. I was just in Russia. How cool is that stadium? Yeah. For me, I, I don't – I can go Google the Eiffel Tower. Exactly. But I can't Google the experience.
0: That, you're summing it up. Like everybody got annoyed with me. They always said like, why don't you do Instagram more? Why don't you do this stuff more? But I think my biggest thing was how do I Instagram my interactions with a bunch of people? As soon as you put a camera there, first, they feel like they might be being used. Yes. And second, if you you're like like as I talked about, one of the biggest ways I meet people is on Tinder and talk about ruining the date experience, right? Oh, no, no. You're right. Now they think you're just using them to meet a local where I Oh, was. look, I
1: just slept with a, a girl from uh, Iraq. That's yeah. what they're thinking. And you're like, whoa. John.
0: Yeah. And it's not even that. I just met them. Like I just met this person just so that I could say I met someone from this country. And it's not like that at all. Like. You know, there'll definitely be times where I do take a picture with a female or a guy, but, like, it's after I've been hanging out with them for a really long time. I want them to know that, hey, I'm hanging out with you because I really enjoy you. I really think this is cool. I really like this culture. Not And then, you know, if we they seem cool and they understand that we're friends and they want photos, then I – I mean, usually, like like for the females, it was usually the female that has to take the photo, right? Because I just want them to think that they're – well, they are special, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to sound like they aren't. Like, to me, it's incredible what they've shown me and what they've taught me. And I don't want to ever think that make them. I want them to think that. And people are quick to judge, right? So, so exactly like you're saying, I just can't, like, with vlogging and stuff, they'll go to a country, they'll go around for one to two to three hours, and then they'll go back and spend the entire day editing a video. And it's just, you know, that's kind of why I it's like, like.
1: exhausting.
0: Yeah, and that's why I kind of like what I am doing now. Because, for example, I spent six years where I didn't do anything. I never, I, I mean, when I traveled to every country, I don't know if you know this, I traveled to every country in the world and I'd finished and I had 700 followers on Instagram. All right. If you only have seven, I had 5,000 Facebook friends. So that was like, that just tells you that like, hell, I wasn't doing Instagram at all, right? Like, it was about traveling. It wasn't until actually I visited every place that I started saying, okay, I should kind of promote my travels and, and let people know. So yeah, exactly like you're saying. Like, I, I mean, just how can you, if you're in anywhere, if you're in the Congo and the guy goes, hey, we're going to drive motorbikes now, why would you ever want to turn that up to go back to social media? I mean, you never I, – I just was never happy enough. I always wanted a better, crazier, more fun adventure. And so I just – I would be looking for that. I never – when I was in the country, I never want. I never spent a, a minute in the hotel, right? And I didn't even care if the internet didn't work or whatever. I wanted – to the experience and so that's why I didn't do that other social media stuff
1: I always use this example people like kind of give me crap about the way I travel I'm like when I'm laying in bed at night I never once say pro that Eiffel Tower looked beautiful which it did yeah, yeah gorgeous lit up yeah or I've never once said did you see that canal there but I'm like remember that dude we met in Paris when we got drunk and he felt those are the experience or when he was telling me about his sister who just did that that's the experience that not many people have I went to Egypt and uh, obviously I was there for a few days. Of course I did the pyramids. Yep. Why wouldn't I? You have to. Yep. And I did it. And I'll never forget this. I saw a bus roll up and the bus rolls up and like 80 people got out. Picture, picture back on the bus. Picture. And I, I actually said to my guy because I was out there for nine hours and I sweated like through my shirt and the dude's like, oh, yeah, they came in for the picture. I'm like, but what do they do? Now they're going back to the Meridian Hotel to lay in the pool. I'm like, but they didn't even like do anything. They got the picture to show their friends. I'm like. Are they showing off just for their friends? Yeah. And it, it blew my mind. I'm like, I guess so. Hey, if, if it works for them. But it kind of like silly, isn't it? It's like showing off. It, that's Yeah. You, it, should only, uh, you should only try to be better to yourself.
0: Yeah. It's it, it's crazy. I mean, if you ask me, like, what are my best things that I did traveling? You know, it's just different because, you know, you get some people said, I saw this. I saw this. I saw this. And me, it's all I could tell you from every country. Every look, I have a story from any country. Mm-hmm. You could name any country. And I have a crazy fun story from every single country. And I don't know any other traveler that has that, right? And so that's what I'm most proud of, you know?
1: Everyone, will, everyone always says to me, so 193, what'd you do for 193? Forget about that. When did you realize you had like three or four countries left? And what were those three or four countries? And just take me to that three, the three and four because I'm curious. Because everyone always says like, hey, when you won the championship with the Knicks, what'd you do? Give, well, the next number one a championship. But give me those last three or four countries like, you're like, oh, crap. I need blank, blank, and blank.
0: So, again, it was with the Israel getting deported. And then I was trying <laughs> to make this list. And so I'm making this list. And, again, I finally decided to do the 236 because I was just – I was, I don't know. I was just like, come on, you guys. Stop doing this stuff. And so – At that point, I realized I still had like Antarctica. I still had the Falkland Islands. I had a few places left on this list. I had Baghdad I had to get to. Mm -hmm. And so the craziest thing is when I went to Israel, I hadn't traveled to the Middle East for several months, right? (laughs) The time, but I had so to kind of go a little bit more about the story with Israel, what happened with Israel is I had to hire a lawyer, which freaking spent thousands of dollars. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. It went to the Supreme Court and they had decided that and i made their front page of their number one newspaper um which is crazy about news we can talk about that as a side topic i thought they would actually cover my story and do my resume and all this stuff to show that i'm a good person no all they wanted was me in an attractive photo looking like an american and that's all they wanted they didn't want my story and i was like well why don't you tell my story like anyway whatever um and and so the Israeli immigration had said I could come back and get interviewed, and if they deem I'm safe, they'll let me into the country, right? So at least I could come back, and they wouldn't, like, be super pissed. Um, and I had tried two times. The second time I went to Israel, I got banned for 10 years. Of course, they didn't tell me that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, well, because I thought I was smart. I went to a land border, so there was an issue, I was like, okay, this time you don't have to put me in jail. You can just tell me to go back
1: to the mm-hmm. country. Turn back around. Make, right? you, so make I, a U-turn.
0: Between Jordan. I was like, this will be better, because we could take time. They could tell me to come the next day. They could hire people. They could. We'd have plenty of time. We'd be in no rush, because...
1: And they thought you were circumventing the system.
0: Yeah, and I, I was honest with them, and they just thought I was trying to sneak in. I'm like, if I'm honest, I'm not trying to sneak in. Anyway, um... So back to the story. So so I figured out, and I had, like you said, I had, like, South Ossidia. I had, like, like five, six countries left. And I, I just remember the craziness was I was so, like, had just given up on this stuff. I'm like, if I don't visit every country, I don't care. I'm going to try to do it for myself. And because, like, the thing is I went to Baghdad, and, like, literally seven days later, I was a part of a trip, right? And, like, six to seven days later, I was in was a part of the same trip I went to Israel. Oh, and that, that uh, finished 193? Yeah, and finished it. So, so that was kind of crazy is that it literally, you know, whereas when I went the first time, you know, most people would be paranoid. They'd be like, no, I don't want to go to any Middle Eastern country like a week before I go there. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And um, that's how it did. And when I went to – the way I did the Israel thing to really put pressure on them is I invited my mother. Uh, is she and, a traveler? No, not at all. But I'm like, nobody is going to deport a mother and their son. Never. Right? Like, that's going to – I'm like, I've already made the headline news. This is going to make international news if this happens. And so it, it, it might have worked because they ended up letting me in the country. So your mom came with
1: to Israel? Yeah. That's – so, are you a mama's boy?
0: Kind of, a little bit, yeah. Well, I'm the biggest mama's yeah. boy
1: ever, and I would go to these countries. Remember, my family yeah. never traveled. Yeah. My family, no one in my family has ever been outside the country. So they, they, they hear I'm going to these countries, and, and my mom would get so nervous. I said, Mom, do me a favor. Just get a passport. God forbid something happens. I need you there, Mom. Like, that's it. Forget yeah. about Dad. This one. I need you there. And she. And around uh, December of last year, she finally got a passport. There you go. So I'm like, Mom, let's just go to the Bahamas. Come somewhere yeah. with me. So I always said whenever I hit country 100, I got to make a list yeah, of yeah. what I'm at. She's going to come with me to 100 nice. and then 193. So that was my thing. I want to actually have two just yeah. – I've had people on to um talk about North Korea and this one. That's been said so many yeah, yeah. times before. I'm going to pick two random ones. Okay, uh, Micronesia, the Federation of Micronesia. When you went there, how does that plan – because that's not like, hey, I'm shooting over to Vegas or yep. from New York. I'm shooting to um, Berlin. That's a, a trip. Yep. How do you plan – I just picked that one randomly yep. out of my head. How does that that's trip happen? Random. Yeah. Um random. So – you
0: know, again, the big thing is I was working full time. So you get a lot of travelers that time isn't of these, you know, well, not, they take a year off. Yeah. So they can they can do everything. So what I figured found out was that I could do a trip from like Guam, Sipiden, uh, Micronesia. What's what's the other one? Marshall Islands. Yes. And I could do this round trip kind of like this way in a, in a thing. And then also, if you don't know, the flights are really expensive. So here's a here's a tip. If you're ever going to Micronesia or Marshall Islands, use miles because they're almost considered domestic flights. But the plane ticket is like, it's like $800, $900 between the two islands. You use miles, it's like the same as if I flew from Wisconsin to Florida. So I used, it cost me almost nothing in miles, mm-hmm. but it would have cost me, I mean, it I think I, it would have been like a $4,000 plane oh. ticket and I used, I used like 25,000 in miles. It was like nothing. So, um. Yeah, so if, if you don't know, that's my trip. And it's United. They have like uh, – I don't know if they have like – they're like the only one that does it. It's like it. a
1: country hopper thing. Yeah, they it, have. yeah, it's
0: a country hopper. And I don't know why they're the only flight that does it, if they have the only rights. But that's what I did. Um, but Micronesia is kind of interesting because I had already met people from Micronesia when I was – the first time I ever heard of that place was when I was in Hawaii. Because, again, the cool thing with Hawaii, if you don't know, Micronesia Marshall Islands has a treaty with America – where they allow us to do military stuff there and we allow them to basically almost be citizens and so they can come to our, our universities they don't need visas they can work in america and get you know with their passport they don't need to get a work visa at all to work in america i guess we can go there and work but really it's more the other way around <laughs> um and so yeah so when i went to hawaii, as i talked about with the exchange program i went to hawaii for a semester and again the way it worked was it was all these small universities and so i went to the small university of hawaii hilo um and not the
1: rainbow warriors not
0: the rainbow warriors it's a small school of like five thousand kids but again they took kids from all over and they took a lot of kids from the marshall islands and micronesia and i remember the first time like i met a guy and he told me he was from there i was like what where are you from i had to find it out on the map and everything but yeah, it, it was. I, I mean, I had a one again, like there. I went and met the dentists. We kind of talked about dentistry, of course. Um, and it was crazy to see how they have to do dentistry. I mean, which might not be that interesting for everyone, but you got to remember this is they have like one main island and then they have a bunch of like it's like 10,000 islands In or something. Micronesia? Uh, yeah, Micronesia, I, I believe. And so, like, and I might get Micronesia and Marshall Islands mixed up. Don't, don't hate me. It comes a blur after you visit 236. But They had to take boats. So, like, he told me he'd work, like, two weeks here and then two weeks off. And his two weeks off wouldn't be off weeks. It would be in a little, like, canoe boat or whatever going to all these islands. And he talked about, like, how he'd put, like, they wouldn't even have dental chairs. And how he'd have to, like, sit patients back on, like, a table and and treat them, which was incredible. But, again, I don't know if it's American money giving them, but all their dental work is paid for. The government pays everything. Um, Now, granted when if you charge someone it's only like say 30 40 bucks for an extraction so you know it's not like the government's like in america it's like 200 right so they're not cleaning house so they're not cleaning house so when the government pays it they're actually you know they're not giving a ton of money because they're able to charge lower prices but yeah that was also crazy as i was like this island the other thing that really impressed me with i mean i could go on and on but because they're so isolated, everybody kind of has their own like farm-ish. They all have like pigs and chickens and everything. They have like – like it reminds me of like they have their own garden and animals that they can you know supply their own food. So, it, yeah. It, oh, God, I had so many incredible memories there.
1: A few more things. I've had you for an yeah. hour and 45. I don't oh, want to wow. take up too yeah. much of your time. I hope you're having fun with this. Yeah, I'm having a great time. hope it's a little different. Yeah. Um, when you Google most difficult countries to come up – yeah. One comes up, and for us, we can just go there tomorrow. Yeah. Equatorial Guinea. Yeah, what kind of place is that? Because it's funny. Like I said, I've never been to Ireland. Yep. Which is like what you've been to eighty countries. Never been to Ireland. Like no, Equatorial Guinea is on that list because I can go there whenever I want. What kind of country is that like? That's just me being personally selfish. I should yeah. have actually that later on when we're drinking. But tell me about that country.
0: So, actually, I'm actually going a second time in September, which is kind of cool. Coming we're, up. Coming up. Yeah. Who are you going there with? Um, myself. So yeah, I I'll was, jump on board uh, with jump. you. Yeah, so I'm going in in two months. Um, just because I picked a few countries that I even want to explore more, and that was one of them. Um, and so yeah, Equatorial Guinea, like you said, is going to be quite difficult for some people. But Americans can get uh, a, do we need a visa? Or we just not not even a visa? quite difficult. We just if get you're stamped. from
1: 191 other countries, yeah. you can't go there without yeah. like a letter from the president. Yeah, but we could just fly there. Yeah, it's crazy. Us and some other random country can yeah. just go there.
0: So the, the country is a little interesting so what's unique about it it it, it reminds me of africa it, it kind of can frustrate you a little bit so you'll have this area so it, okay so let's talk about equatorial guinea real quick and i again a lot of people get really big picture and i think we get obsessed with the big picture with politics and everything when it's more about the individual and we should focus on that a little bit more but we'll talk big picture <laughs> because the big picture of me is that they have a lot of oil money they discovered oil so they're they're a country that that america does and that's why i believe and i haven't checked my my facts but that's why i believe we don't need a visa is first of all because the president there he has houses in in la or something Mm -hmm. like that and then number two because we have a lot of companies going there doing oiling that they just wanted to make it easier and not make it so cumbersome for all these americans and we just the two countries kind of work together for business stuff so going with that, because they get a lot of money and revenue from oil, they have a lot of money. And they've used that money to build this one area near the capital city that looks like you go there. You don't think you're in Africa anymore. And I don't mean that to sound the wrong well, way. Of you, course. You, you, you feel like you're in a, a rich, beautiful area. But this is an area nobody lives in. Right. And it's just for it's ha- like a facade. Like- yeah. And it's for like government officials. When they come to visit, they'll take them there. And it's for the celebrities. And it's for the people, maybe the Instagrammers with millions of followers. That's where they'll get to go and go see. And what I did is I went and saw the local area. And that's what was kind of hard. Because like, the road to this beautiful area between there and the airport is absolutely gorgeous. And the entire drive there, you would never know you're in a place that has a lot of poverty. You would think you're in this beautiful, rich African country. And as soon as you go down the back streets of the capital city and see what it's really like, you see real Africa and you see where there's a lot of people that have no money and you see a lot of buildings that are falling down and you see everything else. And so it's just, I don't know. It just was hard to take in for me that, that, you know, my friends that I met in Equatorial Guinea, like lived in these shacks. And then there's this beautiful place that nobody is not even used that was built just to try to impress people. If anyone famous ever comes there.
1: We're going to, first of all, great, great job describing it. And we're going to finish up a few random questions. Sound good? Good. Sounds good. Sorry. I hope. No, no. I want you to drink as much. Yeah. We're at Jack Dempsey's Bar. Drink <laughs> as much as you possibly can. I'll make this question long-winded so you can have another big sip. Okay, good. I never will. And I, I get mad because I've seen interviews about you. Hi, Dustin. Window or aisle? So I'm going to ask you. Wow, that's a huge sip. Now, <laughs> yeah. A few random questions. I, I, yeah. When people ask me, my family asks me, favorite country? I, I will never ask yeah. that. What country exceeded your expectations? And then I'm going to go the other way. Which country fell below your expectations of it?
0: I mean, I think I was won over with Syria when I went there. I mean, I don't mean to be, a, I mean, I was like a real traveler. I, at the time, was just going there because I wanted to visit to every country, right? So I went there, literally, I don't mean to say checking off the list. I wasn't just going to go there and just, cross and then come right back but i was going there to to say to be able to go to syria right and the only way i was able to go there was to go to a dental conference and so for the dental conference i figured i'd be there for like i don't know five or six days and to volunteer as a speaker at, the, at their international dental conference and i couldn't they could not have been nicer the, like, it was just every okay so i went during the so a big point of this whole thing is i went during the crisis so so this is when isis was a big part of their country they had when rebels. they took over the airport and stuff i mean everything was going on right the, you had isis taking over a huge section of the country you had rebel groups in the north i don't know what it is northwest and you had this huge mess and there was really damascus which is the capital of syria and a few other areas were still government controlled but it was it was kind of a mess and you know, and you're seeing every day on the news, every single day on the news, you're seeing these refugees. And I, I mean, if anybody just did not slept through the last three years of the news, in case you don't know, <laughs> you can go Google it. There was photos and articles and people arguing and politics getting all messed up with these refugees about, should we take these Syrian refugees? Should we not? And photos of these mothers with kids that were like, looked like they were in really rough shapes. And anyway, in these refugee camps and it's all that I saw. Right. And then I go to Syria, and I just see a whole different world. It was unbelievable. People were friendly. People were nice. There was no danger at all. They were like, um, the food was more than plentiful. Like, um, the the healthcare was amazing. They had great dentists. Their schools were all still going on. And I don't mean to get superficial, but the women were absolutely gorgeous.
1: Did they like American men? White men.
0: I, I thought I had things on my face. Like I remember going to a restaurant and there was this girl that like was one of the most beautiful women I'd ever seen in my life. And she just kept looking at me.
1: And you're like, Oh crap. There's uh, yeah, yeah, there's hummus on my face. And <laughs> I
0: excused myself with my friends and went to the bathroom and I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I'm, this is how clueless I am to flirting, right? Like I go to the bathroom thinking that something <laughs> Dustin, is, you're and, killing me, Dustin. And, and, and I go ask, I remember asking my buddy Syrian guy. I'm like, is there something? He's like, no, no. And he asked me why I'm like, Well, this girl keeps looking at me and he's like that's because she likes you i was that clueless right like and because i'd never had a girl that pretty look at me before right like and so yeah so it was it was just i mean i fell in love with the country and i just it was it blew my mind and this was a country that was getting blasted all the time in the media was all this stuff and i was just like Everybody else, they kept talking about trying to get out. And I was like, I want to get in. Like. I need to <laughs> you know, get so. there.
1: I know you, I yeah. think I know your answer because I think I heard it yeah. before. Country that least underwhelmed you the most. I yeah. think I, is it the Maldives? Probably. Okay. I
0: mean, there's, there's a few. We'll, we'll, we'll go with two other countries then real quick. Nigeria and Ethiopia were two other countries. Oh, Ethiopia that, surprises me. Because, the see, again – Ethiopia surprises you and I oh god people are gonna be offended. Most people go there as a tourist. So one of the things that really drives me nuts, and I don't mean to get my little pedestal and lecture, is when especially Africa. We do not give respect to Africa. When we go to Africa, okay, so so what I mean is a foreigner, a white like me, a Caucasian, right? A Caucasian foreigner goes to Europe and goes to Norway, they'll interact with Norwegians. When they go to Germany, they'll interact with Germans. When they go to Anywhere else in Latin America, they'll probably even good chance they'll interact with there. When they go to Africa, they will not interact with Africans.
1: What do you mean, us with them, or them with us?
0: Well, both ways, right? Okay. Like they won't make friends with Africans. They won't go hang out with Africa. But as I told you before, I used Tinder. I went on it, and I matched with Africans, and I hung out with Africans, and I spent the entire time with Ethiopians. And so the reason that Ethiopia was really disappointing is like I was going on a date with an Ethiopian girl and as we're walking on the street, she gets called slut right because she's oh she's
1: with the white guy, white guy. Who's...
0: we were not holding hands we were not we we were like middle school dating my point is we were like two feet apart right we were not flirting at all we were literally walking on the stream she, she could have been my co-worker she oh, could have been anything okay, okay. And, a lot of judging it seems and like she got heckled by all these you know and and that was one thing i went to a a, a hotel and i got completely robbed and and the door was locked so Pretty clearly, the hotel robbed from me. And again, I've had the same thing happen in India. But in India, when I went to the police, the police were on my side. And they actually got off to the hotel. And they were like, the hotel knew they were screwed because I went to the police. They were like, and they got all my stuff magically reappeared, of right? Good police work there. When I went to Ethiopia, and they were like 100% behind me. This to, me as a tourist, they're like, we are going to give this hotel hell unless you get your stuff back. When I went to Ethiopia... The police were on the hotel side. Maybe they got bribes or whatever. Like they knew the hotel it, and they wouldn't weren't, they weren't search any of the rooms. So what happens is I got stolen when I was outside the hotel making a phone call. And I don't think the people that stole from me realized I'd be back in three minutes. So literally, they must have just left my room. And so you knew and there was only one entrance to the hotel. So you know, know somebody in this hotel has my stuff in one of these rooms. Let's search every freaking room. Let's figure out where it is in this hotel. And when the police came, they're like, no, no, we don't we don't." What did they this. take? They took everything, dude. It was one of the worst robs I've ever had. Like, so it was on the time I was going from Singapore to the U.S. I was moving home oh. because there was a direct flight from from oh. Singapore to Ethiopia and Ethiopia to the U.S. So they stole my laptop, my camera, my power. I was so happy he, I backed up.
1: Things. And you never got back.
0: I never got anything back. My passports—they stole two passports. One of my old re- expired passports, which is ninety pages, which is which is cool because you have I, yeah. I, I
1: have two passports full to the brands gr- yeah, That cool. It just
0: freaking it was it was, so th- I mean maybe it's just personal, but like that's why with Ethiopia okay. I don't like, and then Nigeria, just go on Tinder in Nigeria and you'll understand why Nigeria is like it is. It is I've never seen. I mean, two of the cars I took three taxis, two of them broke down, right? Like two two of the three times I took a taxi, they broke down. When I rented a car. They were switching the engine out. And um, what was I going to say? With with Nigeria, like like when you try to meet people, they have to do – uh what was I going to say? Like video – they have to see your face because they're so used to people scamming them that they have to voice call you before they meet you because they're so paranoid that you might be a fake. Um, and it's just – Nigeria is crazy because it was just like every single time I tried to meet someone – it was just I, I you know, we probably, probably don't have time, but it was just crazy story after crazy story. Like nobody was just normal, which was really frustrating.
1: So, Dustin, you went on my uh, Twitter, and I, or or you went on my podcast, and you saw I had a, some famous person on my show. Have you met any famous people traveling, or I mean, comedians? <laughs> I mean, I really
0: haven't met too many, too many. Fa- like, I did meet some travel vloggers that are pretty famous, but like for the most part, when I was traveling. The only time I was traveling and I met somebody, oh, God, it's going to hate. Me. I had such a disappointing experience. Oh, don't such, tell me that. What, who? I'm not going to tell them. Oh, all right. We'll tell you, off Mike. You, you, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you off but because he'd kill me. But, like, it, it just opened my eye up. First of all, I didn't know there was competition with traveling. And I, I found out that there was a lot of competition. And I think this guy was just jealous and everything. He was, like, a famous... Well, supposedly, I don't think he's that famous, but he got in a newspaper a lot. So I don't know if that means you're famous or whatever. Um, he had a lot of articles and he had a blog that he keeps claiming is super famous. Mm-hmm. And what was I going to say? And he kept complaining that exactly what you said. He's like, when you go visit countries, you don't stay long enough. You don't do this. You don't do that. And it was kind of weird because I met him in Tuvalu and which is so remote is, is remote and he was going there to check it off a list and i was going there to explore because if anything explains he stayed there's one fancy hotel on the island guess where he was staying
1: he was probably sponsored
0: yeah he was staying in that hotel guess where i was staying a homestay where i went to where it was on the map and it was not there and then the people had to put me on their scooter and take me <laughs> to their to their hotel and then i rented the scooter and i went around. And, again, normally I don't – so when I travel, I don't mean this to be disrespectful. I avoid other travelers because I'm trying to hang out with locals. I don't care about the American. I don't care about the European. Everyone
1: can go to the Irish bar in, um, in, in Bali. You don't Ex- want to do that. Exactly.
0: I mean, you can hang – if I want to hang out with Americans or foreigners, I can do that in Singapore. I'm freaking living there. I can do that every single day. Yeah. When I'm in uh, Tuvalu, I want to meet with Tuvaluans. And so, basically, I don't mean to go on and on, but – I arrive, and I go get a SIM card. I go get a scooter that I rent myself. I go, go get local food. I check out the university, which was two classrooms. I check out the high school. I check out the police station, ask them about their jail, which had mm. nobody in it, see their, their one police car that they have for the island. And I go to the hospital, and I go to the dental clinic where I find out that they have no dentist, and I, and I offer to do dental work the next day, and I ended up volunteering there, right, and doing a whole bunch of surgeries the next day. And then I go back because I, this was before I'd been to a bunch of places. And I thought this guy would have the in to get visas to places. And then I go back to the hotel he's at. And just like you said, he had been on Instagram the entire time and had not left. And, but
1: he took the nice picture of the pool. Or something.
0: And- he took a picture at one place and posted it, right? And so that's what I um, – what was I going to say? Th- that's what I thought was so crazy is this guy was – supposed to be this famous traveler, and it just, and then he gives me all this heck about not traveling to places, and the craziest thing is he never realized that he ended up putting a a picture of all the places he went in the world, and later that he, and of course, I saw it on his Instagram, and I literally had, because he talked about Africa, and he picked one place in Africa that, I forget which country it was, one country in Africa that he had traveled all around, his only country that he traveled all around Africa, and I was like – and, of course, that was the one country that I had been to, like, two cities in Africa. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, you're true. I should travel more around that. And I really thought he traveled everywhere. And I saw his photo, and his, his, um, his picture, like, had nothing else. And then I saw mine, and it had the entire world. Of course, world, right? you and experienced it, just, it. And it was just – it blew my mind. It really, really frustrated me. But um, another person that you had interviewed on here that – I actually have never, never met him, but a huge fan – was Bill Blur. So that, one, that was when I, I saw this. When, when I, saw I that think that's when you
1: agreed agree to do my show. You're like, yeah, oh, and, you know Bill Blurman? I know him yeah, very well. Exactly. And that's
0: exactly. <laughs> when you put him on there, I was like, okay. Because the reason, I don't mean to talk too much about him, but um, one side note, the reason I really like him is he's able to say the things that are true, but make it funny. And so not pe- offend people. That's my point. Because he can use comedy, he can say the things that he need to be said. With making it funny. Like, I have so much respect for him. He doesn't say him.
1: hurtful. I always say that yeah. way. There's some comedians who say it mean, who truly yeah. hate race blank or ethnicity. This, yeah. He says, like, that's funny. But, but wait, he said it about eight different people. So the Germans can't be mad at him or the blacks can't be mad at him yeah. or the Israelis because he hit up everybody and made it funny.
0: He, may, he just adds humor. Like, I'm so impressed with the guy because he says the things that I wish more people would say. But, like I said, does it with humor, and because of his background, because he's, he is really an open-minded person, like, nobody can give him that much shit. And it just, I, I just, I just, yeah, it's awesome.
1: Any languages you speak?
0: So that's the crazy part. I only speak English, which I get a lot of hell for. Yeah. But I have two things. Number one, let's go back to the very beginning. Okay. I, okay, so I don't mean to go too much about my childhood. When I was, like, three years old, two to three years old, you can ask my parents um doctors told my parents i couldn't i would never be able to speak right most kids were reading before i could speak that were my age
1: so you were already a little setback and they thought you might have been a little, a little uh, different, different a little
0: setback i was i failed first grade right so like who
1: fails first grade dustin
0: um no okay mom i'm sorry <laughs> i um i i repeated first grade because she doesn't like the word saying failed. she's a teacher yeah she's like well, you probably still could have passed, but, but we just thought we'd be better for you. It was the best decision ever, right? Because Mm -hmm. having one extra year for me was incredible. It really, really, really helped me. And from being, I went from the bottom of class to being say the bottom third, which makes a huge difference from being worse to the bottom third. And I was actually within reach of the other people then. So yeah. So my point is I struggled so much with English that I struggled with it my whole life. So that's my excuse why I don't know another okay. language. I've, I've tried. But then the other thing is, this is my second excuse. It's a good excuse for meeting people, right? When I was in Senegal, my, my pickup line with the, the girl that I matched with was I had to get a, a visa for guinea Bissau. Well, because their visa thing is so confusing. They say you need a visa. They don't. Half the websites say you need it. Half the then they don't. But there was an embassy in the country. I was there for like uh, – I went to Senegal a few times, but this trip, I was there for three days. I'm like, let's stop by the embassy, but Guinea-Bissau speaks French and Senegal speaks French. So I'm like, they're probably not going to speak English because why would they? Why are they going to have anyone that needs to speak English because everybody speaks French here? So I I matched with this girl that was quite attractive, and I said, hey, would you mind being my translator at the embassy for Guinea-Bissau? And so... What was I going to say? So, yeah, she ended up going to the embassy with me and and translating with me. And so it's not just there in China and everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like I have so many times been able to use it as a way to make conversation with people. So even though it's people will say, yeah, it's better to speak the local language. Well, when you go to a bar in Brazil, all you need to say is, do you speak English? Whereas if you speak Portuguese, well, then what are you going to say? Hey, how are you? Yeah, it's it's a lot easier way to to uh, interact with people, I think.
1: I usually have a lot of uh, like um, athletes on, authors, big time celebrities, A-listers on. Not that you're not because you know what's funny? To me, you're an A-lister because you're traveling the way I'm I'm traveling in my life currently. And I always ask them um, two questions I'm going to finish up with this. Do you have any cool people in your phone? So I always ask this. Coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back?
0: This is (laughs) like probably not, which is crazy. That Um, disappointed me. Well I mean that i don't have like, like I have thousands of people like I could message people from all around that's what's cool. You could go through my phone and I probably have people in every single country from
1: but no um, one like oh that's blank popular
0: no i I don't think because I, I don't see that's the thing is I'm not into a listers I think so my point is you can be the most famous person with millions of followers or you can be a guy on the street and I'll treat you the same so to me i don't have... like I have thousands of people that I could message in my phone that would respond right back, but there isn't anybody that like, I would ever put above anybody else right
1: any memorabilia now, i have i I have a okay. ton a ton of athletes on my show, so I always ask them about memorabilia any memorabilia, but for us, any souvenirs you've kept or do you always have to keep because I'll tell you what I do. Every country I've been to, I told you it's seventies, eighties I'm not sure. I always get currency from that country and I give it to my little cousin and now she's – oh my god. She's 14 and she has a list of like – she has 70 different – it says like um, Egypt, Egyptian money, Uh, Iran, Iran. So she has all the money. Any souvenirs or memorabilia you kept?
0: I used to do a lot of souvenirs but then as I traveled, I – really like it it was almost not worth it right because people didn't care at all the thing is like when I went to Picard Islands I obviously got postcards and sent it out to all my relatives so they all have souvenirs from from mm-hmm. me sending it from postage. Yeah, you have
1: no souvenirs for yourself. So, I have not yeah, one thing.
0: Yeah, but I sent it to all of them because again, mail in the Pitcairn Islands. Again, this is the remote island that only got boat every three months. Mail only came every three months. So I sent the card out, and it took them like four months <laughs> until I got it. So I just wanted to. And one of the things I asked is, let me know when you get this. Um, and it's kind of funny because once it hits New Zealand, then it goes within two to three days. So everybody got it within two to three days of each other, but it all was like three to four months after I sent it. Right. So you send it, you kind of forget about, it, and then three months later, they all message you telling you, you got it. So like, I did a lot of postcarding when I was in Syria, I sent out postcards when I was in Afghanistan. I did when I was in and all the unique places, but I mean, and then I would get like unique, unique souvenirs. So for example... When I was in Finland, I don't know if you know, but Finland has—no offense, Finnish people—they have the worst candy in the world, but they love it. It's they like think this, no,
1: they think it's the greatest thing. That, oh, oh god, god yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and it's the worst ever. It's absolutely it feels like you're eating charcoal. And they sell it to you. You gotta have
1: this. Just, yeah, I, I don't mean sell it. They try to like. Just try this; it's the best thing you ever had. I'm like, this is horrible. So
0: that's what I did. When I went to places, I tried to get something that was really unique. And so, like Finland, I still have Finnish candy in my <laughs> place. Because no one wants it. Nobody wants it. When I went to like North Korea, I got their toothpaste because again, you can go get souvenirs, and they actually, obviously, they know. Who cares your about a
1: shot glass and blank?
0: Exactly, but and North Koreans make a lot of money because they know everybody wants a North Korean souvenir. This, this, and this. But I went into a normal store and bought all their toothpaste that everybody else was buying. It was like 50 cents a tube. And they must have thought it was crazy. I I took home like 60 things of toothpaste from North Korea because I'm like, that's a dentist. It's perfect. I'll give it to everybody. (laughs) So so that's what I did when I went to souvenirs is I tried to find something that was so unique, so different that people – it wouldn't just be another magnet for the fridge. It would be something that is actually of value and something kind of cool that they can tell their friends about.
1: Dustin Funteller I hope you had fun because for me this was completely different and I hope I I know we went very long I hope it kind of was a different podcast yeah definitely definitely yeah it was awesome absolute blast brother I appreciate you coming to my show thank you so much thanks so
0: much for having me on I really appreciate